Cinema Oddities, Late Night Movies with Rob and Zach. This is a podcast where we discuss any media that is too bizarre and more off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Sometimes these projects gel, sometimes they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic Swamp. I'm Carly Beth. And I'm Carly Beth. And I'm Carly Beth. This is a first for Cinemodities. We have the uh, the three kind of main hosts, I would say. Carly Beth, Carly Beth, and Carly Beth. 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 Yeah, when are you going to put Carly like my name in the intro? <laughs> I don't know Carly Beth. Carly Benz? <laughs> yes, Carly Benz. We have Carly Benz and Zarly Beth? <laughs> no, I'm, Car- I'm Carly Beth number one. You guys can argue who gets to be Carly Beth A. Or Carly, I'm Carly Beth, Beth zero. So. <laughs> oh, well, I'm Carly Beth Prime. How about that? <laughs> okay. So, so, of course, I think uh, first and foremost, we want to say, well, this is a grand occurrence for multiple reasons. Not only is, as everybody knows, the soft opening of Mon Stober the only episode of Monstober that doesn't exist in October. But we also have Zach with us and Ben. I find it odd that you called this a soft opening. There's nothing about me that's soft right now. (laughs) And Zach, I'm glad to see that your heroin addiction didn't ruin your ability to talk about media. No. It just just made it even worse somehow. I Actually, I don't... Zach, did you know about that? Did you know that I've been telling people you were addicted to heroin and crack? If only that's the worst thing that's happened to me in the last couple months. <laughs> if anything, after last week's discussion, we all know Zach was uh, junkying up on fluid karma. But let's let's not go back there, Ben. I mean, even though we could because Justin's not here. But anyway, before we jump in to the, the full discussion on this Goosebumps, this, this third annual Goosebumps episode, which I am super excited Monstober for. Monstober Eve. Monstober Eve. Yeah, there you go. Monstober Eve. Uh, ben and I, and, and Zach can chime in as he sees fit, we have an advertisement to throw out. And it's not, I think everybody, when I say earning our ad revenue on Cinemodities, they all go, oh, did the Immortal Lansberries have a new album come out? Not this time. <laughs> we are actually very excited to announce the official start, which you can find uh, through the URL we'll say, or the show notes, the Cinemodities Patreon. Haven't you ever wanted to give us money? Haven't you ever wanted to hear us complain about things more? Well, now's your chance. <laughs> yeah, you get to you get you'll get a bonus episode every month that's kind of like regular content but also not. And then you'll get a different bonus episode that's really not like regular content. 
Yes, so so definitely check on check out patreon.com slash cinemodities. Made it easy on you, even though to this day everybody in the goddamn world has a problem spelling the name of this podcast because they're all fools. Hey, we're disenfranchising the listener. Remember, Ben? You'll get that too on the bonus content. Don't worry. That's right. And there's different tiers. There's different things you can get. If you've ever wanted more Cinemodities, if you ever wanted to support us, definitely check it out. Uh, we think it'll be good fun doing things, like Ben said, a little different from what shows up on the regular podcast. And uh, we hope you enjoy it. And in this first kind of few months of it, we're definitely looking for feedback, what you guys want. Uh, excuse me, what Maximo would want, because we know he's going to be our only subscriber for a while, I would imagine. Uh, <laughs> but check it out. And and uh, I think the last thing before I throw it over to you, Ben, for any final thoughts on Patreon, is I do want to say that you can go to the website right now when you hear this. It's live. Uh, the first post, so the first kind of bonus content that you would receive, will come out on October 1st. And then from there on out, we will always have something on the 1st and the 15th of every month. That's going to be our, our kind of release schedule for the Patreon. So anything I missed, Ben, or anything that you wanted to add to uh, to our little um, uh, groveling corner here at the start of this uh, Yes, absolutely. So um, in the month of October, unfortunately, Zach is back, which means <laughs> that you don't get any Ben content after this episode, unless... You subscribe to the Patreon because on the first, when that new content drops, it is me and Rob uh, giving you a little bit of a, a sneak peek into Monstover, if you will, except that it's me and not Zach. So, yeah, come check it out. Yeah, that's a good point. You can, uh, if you subscribe now and or on October 1st and you, you start there, it's a little early start to Monstover because we're doing something that is uh, definitely a little halloween related i would say it might be monster over on cinemodities proper but on the patreon it's ben stober that's right <laughs> okay right. i like that i like that and actually ben now that i think about it in the uh content that's releasing on the 15th of the month 15th of the month the first thing we discuss has zombies so it's actually it a true monster tie-in okay that's right yeah we're uh we really did it up for you guys on the patreon we put a lot of special care and love and tears into those episodes. The beginning of one of them sounds like it's in uh, Morse code because I had to bleep so many things out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was talking a little more freely, you know? Yes, yes. So, yeah, everybody, definitely check out the show notes, patreon.com slash cinemodities. You can see what type of table you can get in the Cinemodities restaurant, so it's on brand. And to really kind of, to summarize this, I, I do have to say we... We not only want you to support Cinemodities, the podcast, and our content, but really this kind of first round of money that we get, um, we we need it because we're really actually worried about Justin. Um, Ever since the Southland Tales discussion, he's sold all of his belongings. He's used up his savings. I think he told me he took out a loan, like not even from a bank, from like an egregious loan shark in order to rent billboard space and radio commercials to make sure that every single living person is aware that he does not like Southland Tales. And I think it's getting really bad. I think now he's become destitute, which we all know is the male version of a prostitute, in order to scrounge up money so he can take out a national television commercial to make sure everyone knows how much he does not like Southland Tales. So please subscribe to our Patreon even the lowest tier, the five bucks a month, we need we need money to get Justin help and get him back on his feet. 
I'm surprised I did that whole thing with a straight face. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad Destitute made its uh, appearance in there. I don't know if Zach's familiar with I'm not. male prostitutes. De- yeah, Destitute is the uh, male version of a prostitute, Zach. <laughs> oh, okay. Good to know. Yeah. That's right. That's when you have so little money, you have to sell your body. <laughs> with that out of the way, I am very excited to get into not only Mon Stober, but one of my favorite traditions that we have on Cinemodities, the Goosebumps episode. And we're doing it just like the last two years. We're discussing uh, two 20-minute episodes and one of the longer ones, which is about 40 minutes. And before we jump into everything, I, I really have to say to our audience that I am upset that this year we do have a slight downgrade. So so think about it this way, everybody. In the slight. first year of uh, of Goosebumps... We had zero Carly Beths per minute. Not acceptable. But when we went to the second year, we had 1.22 Carly Beths per minute. Carly Beth. 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 Carly Beth, you. Carly Beth. 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 Unfortunately, this year, we go down to a meager 0.64 Carly Beths per minute. Carly Beth. Carly. Carly Beth. Carly Beth. Carly Beth. Carly Beth. Just Carly Beth. 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 So I'm sorry to say, everybody, we can't just keep increasing the Carly Beths every year. If only we could. <laughs> Did you actually calculate these? Yes, that yes. is the amount of time in the episodes that Carly Beth has said divided by the length of the episode. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> and this whole episode is going to be peppered with last year's Zach's edit of Carly Beth, my edit of Carly Beth this year. Carly. Carly Beth. Carly Beth. Carly Beth. Just Carly Beth. Carly Beth. No. Carly Beth. 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 Little it's said. Even though in the Haunted Mask 1, it's 52 times, if I remember correctly, Zach, in the total episode, it's only 27 in this one. So, Oh, my. That's a little more than half. (laughs) Yes. So this year we will be, uh, as I said, the three episodes we'll be discussing. Uh, We are going to start by picking up with a continuation from last year, because last year we talked about the Haunted Mask. Zach loved it, even though I still think it's one of my least favorite Goosebumps episodes. We're going to start with The Haunted Mask 2. 
We're going to then go to uh, one that Ben got to pick, The Cuckoo Clock of Doom, which is actually the second episode ever, so after uh, The Haunted Mask 1. And then we're going to finish it up with one that was actually requested from us by Maximo, The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight. So, if there's nothing else that you guys have to say, I think I want to start by throwing it over to Ben. He's the, uh, the only one that's never been here for a Goosebumps discussion before. If you want to know the history of Rob and Zach with Goosebumps, listen to episode 30 of Cinemodities from two years ago, because we lay it out all there. But Ben, since you're here, since you wanted to be here, I wasn't forcing you into the Goosebumps episode, care to give us a little insight on your history and your context with Goosebumps, the show and the books, and possibly the movie, if you want to get on that as well. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, once upon a time, as the cinema audience knows, I was younger than I am now. And while I was younger, Goosebumps existed and was on television. And also, a school book fair happened, which is, I think, probably the number one place that Goosebumps books are bought. Before Amazon, of course. Amazon didn't exist then. That's how long ago this was. Um, I definitely remember reading like the Abominable Snowman one. Okay. When I was young, uh, I think that's I the Beast the... from the East. I think that's the name of that one. Okay. I watched uh, the Goosebumps television on on. Or I'm sorry, I watched the Goosebumps show on television. I also watched uh, around that same time. I think it's called Are You Afraid of the Dark or Are You Scared of the Dark? Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and which was like another show kind of like this after having watched these goosebumps goosebumps episodes to do this this uh recording i'm actually tempted to go find some of that uh are you afraid of the dark because i just want to see how it holds up you know sure sure so this the stuff that creeped me out as a kid see see how uh, laughable it is now <laughs> um i i did watch the goosebumps movie that's got um is jack black in that yeah jack black is, plays rl stein yeah okay uh, well, considering at the beginning of this, the Haunted Mask Part Two, like there's a thing where R.L. Stein talks to the audience, I can I can say for certain Jack Black does not look like R.L. Stein because <laughs> I saw him today. The Goosebumps movie was not like Goosebumps. It was a war crime. I think you're trying to get at. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked. Zach and I talked about in that previous years. My uh, my stance has not changed. Everybody. The Goosebumps film is a war crime, and uh, Trilogy is the worst ep- three episodes of the actual Goosebumps TV show. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I enjoyed the Goosebumps movie as much as I would enjoy any other movie made for children as an adult. But yeah, it's not like Goosebumps. It's, it's uh, something else. So, definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's my history with Goosebumps. It's pretty limited. Like I said, I watched it as a kid. I read some of the books. I didn't dedicate my life to it or anything. But now I'm here. Okay, that, that's actually pretty interesting because um, you're, you're adding a new kind of layer to the dynamic where um, my childhood reading was basically dedicated to Goosebumps. Zach, as we said, I think, before recording, if we do Goosebumps, I'll talk about it, but I won't like it. And now Ben's right in the middle where he's just kind of like, I watched it. It wasn't special, but I want to see how it holds up. <laughs> pretty much. So, so right on. I think the, the one thing that um, with, with all of our, uh, our, our grand advertisement and things to talk about – we do have to say, and Zach, I know once I start this, you're going to know where I'm going, so I'm going to ask Ben. We need to say the disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. Every Goosebumps episode, our discussion that we have on Cinemodities, we have to say the disclaimer somewhere near the beginning. Ben, because I'm confident you did not go back and listen to Rob and Zach talk about Goosebumps for the last two years, do you have any idea what this disclaimer could be? 
No. <laughs> Listener, beware. You're in for a scare. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yes. That that will never die. I'm going to be doing that till like the 50th annual Goosebumps episode. <laughs> and, and, and everybody's eyes are going to keep on rolling. <laughs> how, how old are you going to be then, Rob? I don't know. Uh, if if I hit the turnstile enough times, it won't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so I think before we get into it, I do want to say, um, speaking of turnstiles, Zach is here once again. By once, by once, by once again, you mean what? This is the fourth time I've gone through the turnstiles on Cinematis, but technically only the second time if the audience is aware of it. I, I think the to actually give a little peek behind the curtain, the um, the recording schedule as compared to the release schedule is fucked beyond belief. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, but, have fun next week's episode, folks. It's going to be a hoot, Nanny. Yeah, I, I do this whole song and dance about Zach coming back, even though he's been back two episodes before it now. <laughs> so, so, Zach, we are glad to have you here. Of course, I want to throw it over. Um, I, I was not expecting you to be here. There was actually a plan not to discuss The Haunted Mask 2, because I thought we couldn't do it without Zach. But then Zach contacted me in some iteration of the turnstile and said... Dear God, Rob, what have you done to my podcast? I can't let you ruin Monstober. Is that about right? <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. I have said Rob is the Mark Frost of Twin Peaks of season two, and I'm the David Lynch, and I have to come back to try to salvage it for Monstober. Yes, and we're, we're happy to have him here, even though he's talking about Goosebumps, and unfortunately I think uh, this might be the one year where we don't get a true enjoyable episode for Zach, I'm sorry to say. But I think we'll get into that. And I think the one last thing I want to mention... Um, even though when we talk about the Scarecrow Walks at Midnight, I'll bring up Maximo again because he really wanted us to discuss that episode. And it does tie into last year because I do mention it, possibly doing it this year, so it all comes full circle. In one of our previous Goosebumps discussions, Zach, I am talking about the, um, you know, reader beware, you're in for a scare, listener beware. And I do say that if they ever come out with a Goosebumps book in Braille, it would have to say something like feeler beware, you're in for a scare. Maximo actually sent us a picture months ago, this must have been like April or March or something, of the cover of Chicken Chicken, Goosebumps number 53, in Braille, sponsored by the American Action Fund for Blind Children and Adults. And I thought that was really, really cool, but we don't have an official answer on what they say in the book. Um, I'm assuming that it's just reader beware, you're in for a scare, but in Braille. I don't know if people who need Braille have a good sense of humor where we would be like toucher beware you're in for a scare I, I don't know how that how that handles but they do exist i would love to get my hands on one of those eventually uh, i don't think i'd want chicken chicken zach knows i would want say cheese and die in braille my favorite goosebumps book but i had to point that out did he send you a picture of the cover of it it was just the cover yeah did did it have cover art no <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is, it is, it is, That's it the is. funniest question to ever possibly ask about a Braille copy of a book. <laughs> it is, might be legit the funniest question ever. It is, it is text in Braille and regular text? Is that offensive? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, no picture at all. Well, I mean, I wasn't sure. Maybe they had to appeal to the uh, owner of the, of the blind child. <laughs> <laughs> the owner. I like it. <laughs> Okay, with all of our all of our first. Wait, things. did he say owner of the blind child? <laughs> what what do you call your parents? <laughs> I don't know. I think handler might have been more <laughs> more acceptable then, but owner works. <laughs> oh, we're off to a great start. 
Yes, yes. Uh, so I think with that being said, we can jump into The Haunted Mask 2. I'm very glad Zach is here that we get to discuss it to, to finish up the Haunted Mask series from last year. So I want to throw it over to you, Zach. Um, I think top line items, would you like to do a quick plot synopsis for this episode? And more importantly, discuss, well, how does it hold up to the first one, which you thoroughly enjoyed? Uh, okay. Uh, it's nowhere near as much of a masterpiece as the first Haunted Mask was. That thing is truly a gem. Um, there's 50% less Carly Beth, but <laughs> as we all know, even 50% less Carly Beth is a lot more than you can expect. Um, it's essentially the plot of the first story, except told from the bully's perspective. And if you remember correctly from last year's Goosebumps episode, which for some reason I just remembered as I was watching these segments last night, um, Rob says the phrase, because um, if you remember from the first Haunted Mask, the bullies have a thing for Carly Beth. Oh, and, oh yeah. there it is so i for some reason i just like jogged my memory last night and the whole time all i kept doing was yelling at the tv every time they said her name was carly beth we just want to run train on you (laughs) and that might be one of the funniest just things i again going back to the fantastic cinemati's history um we just want to run train on you carly beth like it's one of those things that should be like uh Oh, God, hung above like in a banner above the restaurant every month over. I, I have to say, I have to interject, Zach, that when I um, – the Haunted Mask and the Haunted Mask 2, if everybody remembers from last year, they're not my favorites. Those are probably some of the ones that I put on when I watch my Goosebumps every October late at night. And if I fall asleep during them, I still count them as watched because they're kind of hit or miss for me. Or I could take it or leave it, I should say. But when I was watching Haunted Mask 2 for this recording – and the episode starts the same way that the first one started, where the bullies are hiding somewhere to scare Carly Beth. I'm like, nothing's changed in a year. The bullies still want to run a train on Carly Beth. Everybody wants to run train on Carly Beth. I just started imagining Ringo Starr's voice going, and all the men in town ran train on Carly Beth. She didn't know who the father was, but she named the child Thomas. <laughs> I'd like, to thank, I'd like to thank the, the I'd like to thank the Academy. I'd like to thank Podbean. I'd like to thank God for my ability to make that joke. I'd like to thank Marty Brest. <laughs> Why on earth did he become a Thomas the Tank Engine mashup? Because they're running train, and Thomas is a train. <laughs> oh my God! Don't don't you pervert my Thomas? Get out of here, it's... you monster! Running train? <laughs> I've, never, I've never only ever heard of it as running a train. Uh, so, you know, you learn something new every day. Two, uh, real, real OG gangsters, <laughs> like, are present in the Haunted Mask episodes. They don't use articles, Ben. <laughs> they just run train. But okay, Zach, I had, I had to say that, that the, uh, that is well, uh, well alive this year. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, no, Haunted Mask 2 is nowhere near, near as good as the first. I was delighted to see that I, Rob got is a text message last night that the plaster bust of Carly Beth shows up again um we get the same actresses which i know rob will definitely go into (laughs) our our two catherines yeah i think ben is unaware but um so carly beth is played by catherine long her friend sabrina is played by catherine short and catherine is spelled the same name the same way in both of their names so once again folks just like last year the start of this episode we get long and short coming at us hard and fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was, and uh, there's so much connection to the first episode that I was just giddy about while watching this. <laughs> That's the thing. This is this is fun more for the continuity 
than the actual content of the episode. Okay, okay. I mean, you that's did, at least in my opinion. You did mention that the um, that the episode story of the the sequel does follow the original fairly well, which I agree with. You know, the the bully now gets the mask stuck on his head instead of Carly Beth, and Carly Beth kind of guides him through it. But I did not remember, even though I I see this you know every year, that the last seven minutes is basically the plot of Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me. Where the evil haunted mask is like, you need to break the the bust so I can possess Carly Beth. And I'm like, oh, the haunted mask is Bob, and Carly Beth is Laura Palmer. Like, this is insane. <laughs> Rob, Firewalk with me isn't real Twin Peaks. I think we both know that. Well, Zach, I think we've talked about it before. <laughs> you haven't seen the Missing Pieces edit, which is four hours long and the only no, version worth watching. God, no, no, no. Jack Get Nance argues about the size of wood with the uh, the banker that dies at the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> non-flashback, non-flashback. Um, no, that's the thing that's weird about this episode is that, like, the part where we have the the bully with the mask running around and he becomes an old man. And I guess, okay, the plot – actually give this a little bit more of an in-depth plot breakdown is that we have – it's a year later. Carly Beth is doing her shtick as always. All her friends for some reason feel compelled to give her full name. Um, it can't just be Carly, except for a handful of times, which is really jarring, kind of like now that we've made that such a running meme. Um, like, she, she's still Carly Beth. She has a duck costume. For some reason, a year later, she's into the duck costume now, despite the fact that she has another costume where she has, like, two heads. Yes. Because like, I, I know Sabrina says early on, it's like, oh, like, your costume is scary. You have two heads. And I'm like, that's def- like defamatory towards size me twins. Get out of here, Sabrina. And you canceled. Um, <laughs> you canceled. There's a lot of things in this that aren't politically correct. Um, the you have the good bully and the bad bully. The bad bully wants a scary costume, much like how Carly Beth wanted the year previously. He doesn't want the homemade pirate costume that his mother made to him. What? And the good bully. Why yes. is he a pirate every year? <laughs> Like he, That's a, he says he wants the mask so he doesn't have to be a pirate again because he's tired of being a pirate. Like, why is he always a pirate? Well, I think you said it best, Ben. His parents are his owners. So, like, they tell him what he's <laughs> that, going to wear. That's a good point. The mom of the bully, uh, I guess our main bully character is Steve. And it's like the mom seems to be very controlling about Halloween costumes because she does the pirate thing. And there's also a scene where she's holding their dog and there's like a pointy hat on the dog. And I'm like, wow, this yep. bitch is even controlling the dog's outfit on Halloween. <laughs> yeah, she's not too cool. bubblegum. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. No, non-flashback, non-flashback. <laughs> um uh no, so Bad Bully goes to the novelty shop on the bad side of the tracks, literally. I love how it's all like run down, dilapidated. They go into like the basement, the novelty shop owner. It's weird. Like originally it was a novelty shop, now it's like a party store. Yeah. Like it kind of changes. I don't know why. He's in the basement like burning the masks. The bad mask from the previous year is dug up in the ground, yet somehow now has the ability to levitate. Don't question it. And it flies and it attacks the store owner and goes onto his face. Um, I just accept it, folks. And then bad bully finds a mask, puts it like steals it, runs out. He squirrels it away. Like and he like runs out. Like again, it's like Halloween night. The, the oh God, I'm losing track. Uh, uh, Carly Beth and Sabrina 
are trick-or-treating. One is dressed as a duck. The other is dressed as Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. And to the point where, like, her costume actually has, like, a spring tied to the tail. Or has, like, a wire tied to the tail. I'm not sure if anybody else picked up on that. Um, there's actually, like, a wire connected to Sabrina's tail for her costume. I don't know why they felt they needed to make that so compelling. I noticed it in the last scene when they're, like, sitting around the fire and they're going to burn the masks. Like, there's a shot of all of them sitting in a circle. And I'm like, wait, I'm like, is she supposed to be Tigger? <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, at first I thought she said she's a tiger. And I'm like, no, nah, the fact there's a wire means it's Tigger. I guess they didn't get the clearance at the time. Oh, my God. That scene is great where the old man is like, one for the duck and one for the cat. And she goes, you stupid old man. Check your privilege. I'm a tiger. How dare you misgender my costume? <laughs> Oh, excuse me, Rob. Miss Species or Miss Species? I guess we're specious now. <laughs> um, while that's happening, they're going trick or treating. Good Bully shows up, and the two girls are turned on by the fact that he's a gangster. He's trying to do like a Marlon Brando thing, but it doesn't work because even the kids back in the day didn't know who Marlon Brando was. <laughs> Clearly, they didn't have Coral coming at. They didn't have Reese coming out of their ass, and. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, bad bully puts the mask on. He starts just like yelling at kids, just like, uh, Carly Beth did the previous year. Um, he gets a little bit more aggressive to the point where he starts like stealing candy and stuff. Um, but then like the mask starts to actually make him older as an old man to the point where like other parents and stuff actually call him like a drunk and they're like, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yes. It sounds really hysterical. I just, uh, there's a great scene where he like goes up to two little kids trick or treating and he like has the stick as a cane and he like falls over and he does like, he like rolls on the ground and he's like, please help me. And it's, it's just comical. Yeah. The parents are like, you can get dirty old drunk. Um, then like. The the store owner's running around with the mask, and he's like – he tells uh, the, the bad bully that, like, you have to destroy the bust of Carly Beth in order to, like – so she can be possessed by me, as in the mask, because the only thing that's preventing me from levitating onto her head is this bust because it means love. I, if the mask can levitate on its own, I don't know why I just can't, like, levitate and, like, bump into the mask and, sh- and the, the bust and shatter it. What? I mean, if, it, it had taken over a, somebody's body. Why couldn't it just destroy the bust with his body? Exactly. But but we're not going to question that. Um, <laughs> it's kryptonite. <laughs> uh, it's kryptonite. Um, as we know from last year, that that, like, plaster bust is, like, pretty durable. Like, it falls on the ground and it doesn't shatter. Yep. So I don't know, but whatever. And uh, Carly Beth eventually starts to put the pieces together when she realizes that, like, something's up. They go to the the mask store or the party store or the novelty store, whatever it's called at this point. They kind of realize what it is. They go to the same cemetery from the first, from the first episode. And a uh, bad bully guy is told to destroy the mask. He destroys it – or I'm sorry, the bust – and then uh, he holds Carly Beth down as the novelty store owner is finally going to run train on Carly Beth <laughs> until eventually that the uh, the bad bully pushes her out of the way. So he headbutts the 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 bad mask, which somehow saves him and the novelty store owner because it's an act of kindness. Um, then yeah, I thought it was a symbol of love. Well, yeah, Whatever. The, the, it's the, the bully, thing. our main character bully truly demonstrates that he does want to run train on Carly Beth. <laughs> so it saves everybody from the evil masks. <laughs> uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't believe in sharing when he runs train on Carly Beth. So that's what saves the day. They 
they they go back to someone's house. I'm not sure whose it is. They burn the masks. The the old man mask is incinerated. The other mask somehow is able to reforge itself, and it buries itself. What outside? Well, the dog right? buries it. The, uh, the dog, dog buries, the dog buries I, it. I really thought we were going to get a Jim Carrey reference there, and the dog that, was just going to put it. Yeah, on. That, that's what I thought too. Yeah, but I was looking. When was this episode? When was this episode like produced? So, The Haunted Mask Two uh, first aired on October twenty ninth, nineteen ninety six. So this was a couple of years after the mask, then. So, yeah, okay, so they probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that kind of happens. And uh, like Ben said earlier, we're bookended by parts with R.L. Stein. The beginning is really kind of ho hummed in the first episode that we got, and then at the end, like R.L. Stein just looks into the camera and shrugs, and the episode's over. <laughs> and uh, the, that's the, the R.L. Stein too. parts are way, way too fast. Like R.L. Stein is like, I got three minutes to do this, guys, and he's talking so quickly. I thought. Hello, I'm R.L. Stein. I write the Goosebumps books. The evil of the Haunted Mask lives on in our story, The Haunted Mask 2. This is the basement of the store where the Haunted Mask was made. It looks as if the mask maker left in a very big hurry. Wonder why? You'll soon find out. Viewers beware, you're in for a scare. If you remember Rob from last year, R.L. Stein... R.L. Stein is the man that Charisma forgot. Yes, that's right. That's right. Do you want to join a study where they pay you to eat avocados for an hour? <laughs> <sighs> we got to check his Twitter feed again. We haven't done that in a year. Oh, God. Yeah, we got we to gotta tweet him on where to find Catherine Long. I would love to just interview her and say nothing to her but Carly Beth. But she, like, <laughs> has disappeared off the face of the earth. <laughs> we 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 invite her on, and we refer to her as Carly Beth throughout the entire episode. And she's like, no, I stopped acting in the early 2000s, and I started leading dance troops in Canada. Stop calling me Carly Beth. And we're like, oh, you, Carly Beth, you. <laughs> Carly Beth, how many times did they run training on you, and how can we help? <laughs> no, I think that was, a, that was a great synopsis, Zach. Um, I, I think you said it well that this does not, uh, in your eyes at least, does not hold up to the original. I know you really liked that. I think that, though— Based on listening to our discussion of the first one from last year, where I do make the argument and I still stand by it, I really hate any plot that rests on love is the strongest form of energy in the universe. I really dislike that. And this uh, movie, this episode gets at that as well, but I think uh, your discussion of the previous year's episode really got me honed in. I did enjoy the fact that we get the scene of the main character bully Steve at the beginning where he's like, this is going to be one of our last Halloweens. Like, I want to scare somebody. I don't want to, like, let my life, you know, let myself get older and miss these opportunities. And then his desire to do that makes him old because that's what the mask does. And I was like, oh, okay, that's like a modicum of cleverness in a, in a bit of storytelling for Goosebumps. <laughs> so well, you're saying that the scaring people makes him old? No, no, the mask that he puts on because he, he okay. wants to scare people, but it ends up making him get older and weaker. And that's the thing he okay. was trying to avoid. And so it's kind of like, you know, he gets uh, what he wants, but he, it's the, the, the monkey's paw aspect of it. Okay. I, yeah. I, I, I could, that is a little bit clever for Goosebumps. <laughs> Compared to some <laughs> of the other episodes, the two others we're going to talk about today, that might be the most clever thing. <laughs> yeah. And the one we're not talking about, A Day at Horrorland. Oh, yes. Yeah. That'll be for next year, everybody. <laughs> oh. 
So, so uh, I think I was definitely latching on to the some of the goofy lines in this episode. I think that you know our our Goosebumps episodes are always just like you know a lot of jokes and stuff from Rob at least. I loved when the the first uh, the the main bully he puts on the mask and he starts to get older. And for some reason, they give him the line of dialogue, I just need energy. Energy is what I need. I just need energy. And I'm like, why is he saying energy so many times? Just eat the fucking candy. We'll get it. (laughs) What's wrong with you? I just feel so tired. We're just getting started. I just feel so tired all of a sudden. Just need energy. Energy is what I need. Well, you know candy's pure energy. Oh, of course. (laughs) Like they took it straight out of space. <laughs> it's a form of fuel. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I think I've I've made my point clear. I'm not a biggest fan of either of the haunted mask episodes. But Ben, what did you think of this uh, this episode? This is our long form one, our 40 minute two parter. It was bearable. It was a lot better than Hor- One Day at Horrorland. Um, so I'm kind of glad that I got to dish that and just just think about this one. Okay, I thought okay. it was uh, <clears throat> I thought it was a little strange that everybody believed that he was just an old man when he looks nothing like a human yeah what there, there's a certain point where spiders are crawling out of his mouth and his hair and people are just like oh yeah, you smell right. mister <laughs> <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself alcoholic because this was back before we knew that was a disease it was a choice <laughs> <laughs> they don't discriminate against bums in this city they don't care if yeah. they have uh, yeah. uh, spiders crawling in their hair I guess bearable is acceptable. I, I think I would call this bearable. I was definitely looking at this with a different light after our discussion last year, Zach. But but bearable is fair. Everything was in focus, right, Rob? Well, that brings me to a very important question <laughs> that we Uh-oh. haven't gotten Ben's thoughts on. For two years running, Ben, Zach has made a lot of fun of me. Why are you watching Goosebumps with only 16 total pixels? What did you think about the quality of Goosebumps? Did you watch the episodes I sent you, or did you search out better quality, as I think Zach is just doing all these days now? (laughs) Uh, I watched the original uh, three in the quality you gave me, but I had to watch one of them today while I was at work, and I couldn't have that computer up, so I had to uh, to, find it on YouTube. And I was astounded to see that the version on YouTube actually had good quality, and I was like, God damn it, I thought that Maybe the quality of TV back then was just as bad. <laughs> now, I know, now I know that you forced me to watch something in bad quality. Goosebumps for no particular reason is meant to be watched as TV rips that have been transferred from VHS to VHS over the years. I don't want to see color. I don't want to see detail in my Goosebumps. I am a Goosebumps purist. I'm saying it for the third year in a row. <laughs> If people want to like emulate this experience, imagine having cataracts and then trying to watch television. That's essentially what it is. Honestly, the copy that I have of Haunted Mask 2, just like Haunted Mask 1, it's too good for Goosebumps. It needs to be degraded that's, as far as I'm that's concerned. That's too good? Yeah, yeah, way too good. Oh, God. I don't know if that, that makes sense to me. We it need less it. quality in Goosebumps. Oh, yuck. It needs to look like... Censored Fuck. porn, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> you need that... some black bars over Carly Beth, or what? Well, pixelation. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be a fantastic edit. <laughs> Us saying they want to run train on you, Carly Beth, and in the scene where she's being held down by the evil bully, just black bars show up everywhere. <laughs> I wonder how much of this, like, if you were going to make like a, like a Goosebumps revival, 
Like, the idea of having, like, a bunch of guys, especially one being an adult man holding an underage girl down in a cemetery, I wonder if that, like, would that be allowed, or would that be, like, encouraged? Much like how we were talking about, like, cuties, or, or was it cuties, or whatever it's called. Cuties! Like, that's some- <laughs> cuties! Now in ranch flavor. Cool ranch yeah. flavor. <laughs> cuties! Coming soon! Ranch flavor cuties! That's the thing I wonder is that like would that be considered bad by today's standards? Like I'm kind of like like oh would that be like is that taboo or is that encouraged now? Like back in 1996 they're like whatever who cares it's from the story. But now I'm like I don't know like it's weird that we have like both we have arguments for and against this. Yeah, I mean it would I'm my guess is that they would call it female empowerment. And and they would also tell you that you can't choke Mystique still because that was some shit whenever that movie came out. So I I don't know. Honestly, it's a moving target. Like what is or is not acceptable about people and who can hold who down did, and who's allowed to ma- perform violence on other people. Did you make an X-Men Apocalypse reference? I did. I did. <laughs> I didn't happened. know that was a thing. I didn't know anyone even saw that movie. Never mind make reference. He's like, you can't choke Mystique. And I'm like, that's a thing I remember, but I don't know why. And I'm like, what movie was that? And I'm like, that was X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> and, you know, in my opinion, Apocalypse choking Mystique was the truest sign of gender equality because Apocalypse did not give a fuck. And, they're and both also women. Mystique is whoever she wants to be, not not just a woman. She's also every man. Mm. She's literally an everyman. <laughs> I like that Zach picked up on the X Men reference, and I could do nothing but push it out of my head. And I was about to say, like, you saying Ben, what's acceptable is a moving target. That's what I like. That's a great dis- the description. But sure, X Men reference, second time in a week, <laughs> in two weeks. <laughs> Folks, if you had X Men Apocalypse reference on your Cinemati's bingo card, please cough and collect your prize. We <laughs> <laughs> don't even care about the other squares. Um, but yeah, I mean. You bring up a good point, Zach. It's, it's a it's a moving target. You, you're never going to make everybody happy, so quit fucking trying and just hold little girls against their will or whatever. You know. It's... The moral of the story is R.L. Stein wants us to run train on on people. I think that's the story. <laughs> not just anybody, but just I mean, not just a specific group, but just everybody. That's the. I, I kind of realized in every one of these stories, someone's being held against their will at some point. So that's the scariest thing. Is that, that the moral of the you story? Can show is, children. Is that what it is? The children have no agency, so you're kind of just reinforcing that notion. Well, I mean, that's isn't that terrifying to children? I guess I don't know. It's been a long time since I was a child. I guess being restrained is a literal representation of having no agency. See, Zach, this is right? why we need Sophia the First with messages oh, like, never listen to your parents ever. <laughs> <sighs> children's Entertainment. What is children's entertainment these days? Rob, when are we getting our Goosebumps revival on Netflix or Hulu oh, God. or Disney I mean, Plus or Amazon Prime or whatever I, streaming service that's The only, the only revival out. I need are they just air these episodes again in worse quality. <laughs> <laughs> that's the revival for me, man. Like, I, I just sit there. Actually... I sit there and just transfer these files back and forth through hard drives and degrade the quality every every single time. It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I bet you I can get you a quality degrader that will save you some time. Um, <laughs> just like an algorithm that you can run on it. And so, you can run it time and time again so you can feel like it's it's Carly Beth and you're the train. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So I do want to mention Zach that um you know when you were talking about this idea of uh, the the 
possessed uh, shop owner holding down Carly, whoever's holding down Carly Beth, the original haunted mask and the shopkeeper maybe get four sentences in the book. This is not a plot from the book. This is made for the episode, the whole possession thing. Oh. So who knows? <laughs> I I would watch a remake of this. I just want to throw that out there. I, we kind of glanced past the, the revival of Goosebumps. I want that to happen because I would watch the shit out of that as an adult. Okay, I, I would need... That's hair to rock. That is hair Yes, to well, it definitely is, but I would need... I think that if they did a revival of Goosebumps... I don't know how many of the original series they would retell. I think they would go to the later ones, like the like the Goosebumps 2000, the Even More Tales to Give You Goosebumps. It, since the world is against me and Goosebumps, it seems, the first thing they would remake is Chilogy, which is the stupidest goddamn thing. Because I don't know if Ben knows this, Chilogy is not based on any books. It's the only three episodes that they just made up a story for the show. And the theme of the episode is that being greedy is just as punishable as liking baseball. It's very strange. Yes, that's the right facial expression to have, Ben. It is a very <laughs> strange thing, and it's terrible. <laughs> it sounds pretty awful. Yep, so th- that's the, those are the only three episodes I don't watch every year, because it's not Goosebumps. It's uh, Goose Pimples. The generic. <laughs> Goose, but like, okay. The British version? <laughs> Maybe this is a question that should be asked at the end of our discussion, but, like, if they made did a Goosebumps revival, like, they would, without a doubt, Jordan Peele Twilight Zone it, right? Oh, like, it would, it would 100% absolutely. have, like, social nonsense in there about, like... Yes. Yeah, the, it would ha- be an- the haunted mask would make everybody a rapist. <laughs> it would, it would be an attempt at racializing society, is what it would be. That's like I feel that I'm trying to think of like other children's shows revivals they try doing where they bring in like both the young and new audience at the same time. Um, and I'm just trying to figure out like what this would look like because like I'm not a diehard fan of it, and that's what like anybody who would be a scientist wouldn't be, like would not be a diehard fan. I like to imagine like like RL, like they call up Rob and like, hey, we hear you're one of the foremost enthusiasts on Goosebumps. Do you have any ideas for revival? And Rob's just like, get me a videotape master of all the episodes and leave it to me. And Rob just submits basically like like a blurry pixelated screen for like seven hours. Yes. Um, but no, I, I can't figure I, – I just – I have no idea what a revival of this would look like. We just get a like, Harrison Bergeron where all the characters are indistinguishable from each other. It, it really – I think it would be that. But it would be kind of like the, the reverse of the message of Harrison Bergeron where they'd be like – Making everybody equal is a good thing, you know? Like like putting oh, yeah. chips in people's brains that zap away their contrarian thoughts is good, you know? Well, I, th- I think that the actors would all be just, like, average people. And by average, I mean, like, you know how the average man is a Chinese person? Uh, it, would, <laughs> it would just be all Chinese people, I think. Oh, oh, I th- okay, I think I got it. The, the Haunted Mask revival would be someone puts on the Haunted Mask, and the end, the end twist of the episode is that the other characters come together against the people who are trying to take the mask off of the main character, and they say, this is who they are, this is who they identify as, the mask is now their personality. Oh, that's perfect. And it's going to be championed that way. That would definitely be the Haunted Mask revival. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yep, there you go. All right, all right, folks. I think think the mask is actually just going to be a cisgendered white male. Like, it's not going to be anything, like... That's truly normal. That is truly evil. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh god. So speaking that of that, might traumatize children. How many times did we just get canceled? 
Oh god, it's sets. I can I can feel it. I can feel it happening. We've gotten canceled totally by the general and, audience. Zach has canceled and, me for making the Thomas the Tank Engine joke. We're, we're done. <laughs> it's all right. In two weeks, we talk about doing the rape series. So we're, yes, we're, we're gonna, if we don't get canceled now, the we're going to be canceled. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, the folks. Series? Preview of coming attractions on Cinemati. Zach's back. Uh, I'm David lynching this did, mother up right now. Did you just call a rape series a coming attraction? Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. <laughs> <laughs> Zach's back. Come on, Rob. You gotta say it. Oh, uh, what the rape series? <laughs> well, Zach's forget, back. Right? Zach is running train on Cinematis. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's uh he's getting Nadine hit in the head an odd number of times, even number of times. I think. <laughs> oh, God went through the turnstiles about half a dozen times. It's yes. gonna be fun. So so speaking of the the in our reboot of the haunted mask, the mask not coming off. That is a huge difference between the show and the book. The bully ends the book with him having the mask on for good. He does Ooh. not get the mask off at the end of the book. And uh, it's pretty interesting. I haven't read that book in so long, even though, you know, I, I think the, of the five Goosebumps books I still own, Haunted Mask 1 or 2 is not in that collection. But when I was reminding myself of the, the book, I was like, oh, yeah, because they try and get the mask off with a show of love like they do in this episode but it turns out that in the book every single of the unloved ones masks you need a different type of emotion to get it off and so they fail in the book and the bully's just old and he doesn't die or anything but it's presumed that he dies because he need, needs energy and can't get it <laughs> what's the unloved one is all the, the all the, the different masks that the shopkeeper is burning at the beginning they're called the unloved ones, and they represent what did you say last year you had a great uh, understanding of it Zach that they're all the mask shop or the mask creator's insecurities or something like that? Uh, I don't remember, but that sounds about right. <laughs> perfect, perfect. But yeah, those are the unloved ones, which uh, I think from last year exist somewhere in the Cinemodities restaurant. I so think they're maybe. sitting like an acapella group, if I remember correctly, Zach. <laughs> maybe. Sounds about right. Well, now they can all fly. So Yes, yeah. they can levitate. Yes. Get, that's a new feature for the 2020 season. <laughs> it was a bug last year, but now it's a feature. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So, uh, speaking of the differences between the show and the book, I did also want to mention um, in Steve, the main character bullies his like I don't know journey to be scary to people. In the book, he releases a squirrel into the girls' locker room of the school, <laughs> and like this is his attempt to be scary, and he gets caught doing this. So he has to choose his punishment, like. Like, R.L. Stein is like, choose the form of your destructor. And he either has to blow up basketballs with his mouth every day before school, or he has to coach a first-grade soccer team. And I was I was reminding myself of this from the book, and I was like, this is the fucking Mighty Ducks? Like, like the coach gets a DUI and has to coach the Mighty Ducks? I think that's how Mighty Ducks starts. That That sounds right. But is it even possible to blow up a basketball with your mouth? That was something I was going to bring up. He doesn't choose that punishment in the book. He he coaches the first graders. But I wanted to p- uh, pick your guys' brains on that. Can you even do that? <laughs> I don't think you can achieve the pressure that you need to make a basketball bounce the way it should with your lungs. All right. I'm kind of shocked. It's kind of like the opposite of Rob and the whole thing about X-Men Apocalypse references. He, he put a squirrel in the girls' locker room? <laughs> We were deprived this scene in yes. the in the episode. That's a brilliant prank. I, okay, so I I agree. I don't know if I would call it brilliant. It's, it's a, a brilliant prank. prank. It's but brilliant, it, but it's not scary. 
it's innocuous, but it's pretty. You know, I'm talking about this in real world terms. I'm not talking about Goosebumps Land. No, I, I just, like, I just want to know who taught this kid what scary is. <laughs> like when he was young, did he not have like an older sibling that made him watch like Michael Myers movies? Like why didn't he try to murder a bunch of high school girls <laughs> instead of putting a squirrel, squirrel in the locker? I'm just saying, like a squirrel's not scary. Unless you're like really afraid of small furry things or rabies, like, and 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 you're also unsure about whether or not squirrels can have rabies. Like, then in that case, this squirrel might be. Scary. This was mid '90s kids television. If there's squirrels any... weren't scary then. No, either, no, no, no. The golden rule is little girls are afraid of rodents. That's the golden rule of mid '90s kids shows, Ben. I thought you were going to tell me the squirrels back then had like guns. <laughs> they were like running drug markets and shit. Well, no, they were. It's like the um the Rick. It's like Morty's Mindbenders, where Morty hear, can hear squirrels talk, and they're like, "The fall of Panama is occurring." That's what the girls are really afraid of. <laughs> the fall of Panama. <laughs> Global conspiracy. I thought you were gonna say that squirrels had guns. It was like a reference to Columbine. <laughs> It wasn't, but I guess I wish it was. <laughs> I thought you were, um, were going to say too that like the equivalent, uh, maybe in the Goosebumps world, that like the like Halloween Michael Myers instead of like Michael Myers having a knife, he just has squirrels. He lets into Jamie Lee Curtis's house. <laughs> Go forth, my creatures. <laughs> that, that actually makes a lot of sense. I, I take it back. His, he did have an older sister. She did make him watch Michael Myers movies, and Michael Myers' weapon of choice was squirrels. <laughs> I love That's that this is this universe. is coming right off Ben saying how many times have we been canceled and we go directly into this. <laughs> That's the problem with discussing Goosebumps three years in a row. It just devolves into insanity immediately. Never gonna stop. Hey, I've folks. only done it once. This is my first time. <laughs> okay. See, that's how bad it is, Rob. Even the first timers are just immediately going into the deep end. Oh, you know, God. that's what I tell all the boys. The quality was too good. The quality was too good. <laughs> that's the problem. Just wait until the next two segments. So, yeah, so yeah, I think those are the main differences between the uh, the book and the show I want to talk about. But I agree with you, Zach. I think it would have been better motivation for our main character and seeing something like him pulling a prank on people before just getting the mask, other than one line of dialogue with an old man and a walker in the background to emphasize mm. the point. But uh, there was another line that I wanted to point out that I, I was definitely laughing at where... I think Carly Beth first realizes that uh, Steve has gotten an evil mask, and she knows from previous year what that means. And she's talking to Sabrina and Chuck, the other bully. And Chuck is like, we should call the police. And Carly Beth says, the police can't help. All All the police in the world can't help. And for some reason, I just imagined the, the little kid in the old man mask, like, going, please... Can I have a glass of water? And then just like 30 police officers gunning him down. <laughs> like just firing squad status. Like, kill him! <laughs> I don't know why that jumped into my head, but I was, I was laughing hysterically while watching this episode at all the police in the world can't help. And I was like, well, they might just kill him, and that is a help, I guess. <laughs> Does the mask stop bullets? Does I don't it, think so. Does it take the bullets for him instead? And then it dies and he lives? Does the mask survive the bullet interaction? Yeah, I feel like the little kid would like be riddled with bullet holes laying on the ground and the mask would float off of him and try to possess one of the police officers. But they have to put it on three times. Yes, like, that's true. That's true. 
at least in this when, episode. I don't remember that coming up last year, Zach, the three times thing. Yeah, I remember that show. I, I'm like, I was watching. I'm like, was that a rule? I'm like, I guess it was. It was kind of one of those ones where I kind of shrugged it off. I'm yeah, like, I think whatever. They can, Carly, they can bend it however they want. Carly Beth just like gave herself over too much to the mask in the first one where they give it a rule here. Because even Carly Beth says to the brother, because the stinger of the first the, – like the – the stinger of the first episode is that the brother puts the evil mask on, and you're like, oh, what's going to happen? And they say in this episode where Carly Beth is like, you're glad you only put it on once. And I'm like, where the fuck is this coming from? Continuity. Well, and as I, you know, a problem that I always have with, with things like this, where there's like some kind of sci-fi aspect, then the character's like, I totally understand it. It's three times. That's what <laughs> mattered. It's like... Like that's the one pattern you recognize, you idiot. You know how many other yep. things happened? Like it could have been what you ate for breakfast that mattered. Like, like don't don't, if, don't come at me with that kind of confidence. If only there was a Gremlins to the new batch thing where it's like, what if he ate the sandwich at eleven thirty at night and got a poppy seed stuck in his teeth, then it got dislodged at twelve oh two? He technically didn't eat that before yes. midnight. Yes. If only we had a sequence in this where they like, oh god, dissected the rules of the universe. Ben, I gotta, I gotta say on that, on that vein, um, we Zach is not aware of this question, but uh, what if a woman has sex on a plane, and then crosses the international dateline, and then takes the morning after pill? Does it become the morning <laughs> before pill? What I have to ask, what episode did this come from, or is this just a normal conversation? That's South, last week. South That's a line from Southland Tales. Oh, okay. So, any any final thoughts from either of you on the uh, the haunted mask two? Donate to the Patreon so we can get in contact with Catherine Long. Yeah, that's that's a good point. <laughs> also, if you Maximo, you made a request for the thing that we're talking about later, Scarecrows. Yeah. Future fans, if you want to make requests, you're gonna have to fucking pay for it. Yeah, that's that is a feature of the Patreon. We're doing some fan requests. Absolutely. Um, uh, uh, space uh, space space science. I'm pretty sure. We will not talk about Lord of the Rings until you pay us for it. <laughs> That's right. And even then, we might still not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess if there's nothing else, um, we can move on to our second episode of the night, uh, which is The Cuckoo Clock of Doom. And uh, Ben, I want to throw it over to you because when Ben uh, expressed interest in discussing Goosebumps with us this year, I said, well, okay, sure, you know, let's... um." Let's give you uh, the choice of one. And, and I was very surprised that he picked the second episode of Goosebumps ever. This is the um, episode that follows chronologically the original Haunted Mask. So, Ben, would you like to give us maybe some insight on why you picked this one? And then, of course, give us your plot summary of it. Uh, Rob, you're setting yourself up for failure here. The reason I picked this is because I opened the files, and that's the first name that I read. <laughs> 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 ben, great. Ben. Even though Ben's been a, a main host for the last month, or for the, I guess the the Rock series, uh, Ben, you're fitting in right here perfectly. This is this is how everybody but me thinks about Goosebumps. Where I I watch the episodes, I think about them, I try and curate something, and Ben's like, "Oh shit, I forgot I had to pick one." Okay, that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much exactly what happened. Um, yeah. All right. So plot synopsis. All right. So um, we have a child who is afraid of everything. Apparently, and uh, and he gets scared by his tiny little sister, whose name is Tara, which is, I don't think it's that important. He we go on to find out that his sister terrorizes him. Terrorizes. Tara rises. <laughs> yes, he calls her Tara the terrible. 
He wishes that she didn't exist because of how awful she is. She was a czar of Russia, Terra the Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She embarrassed him in front of his crush or girlfriend, maybe, as a 12-year-old. This is whatever you have when you're you're 12. Um, And then, as if it was something thrown in just to further the plot, his dad comes home with a cuckoo clock. And he's told that there's something wrong with it, but he, the guy who sold it to him won't tell him what it is. That was so the most it. fucked up thing. I was laughing hysterically. <laughs> Tony at the antique shop told me something was wrong with the clock, but he wouldn't explain it, but I bought it anyway. <laughs> yes. So the dad is an idiot. The child is a, is a scaredy cat. He, uh, the daughter's a sociopath. The daughter's a sociopath. At some point, um, the mother the is kid? obsessed with taking people's temperature. That's very yeah. important. <laughs> oh boy, uh, she ever. I think, I think anally. Um, <laughs> God damn it! You're like Rob. Don't give away the best part. That we oh, have so, anal I'm temperature so readings. Don't. That's almost as bad as Rob gives away incest in movies. I'm oh, not trying nilly. to bury the lead. All right. Yeah. Don't. Don't <laughs> you dare. <laughs> all right. So <clears throat> then uh, Tara is fucking with the clock, and the dad's like. If you break anything on that clock, I'm gonna punish you. And he wags his finger at her, and then uh, and then the 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 kid, the scaredy cat kid, sees this and he's just like, "I had the first clever idea I've ever had as a 12 year old. I'm gonna frame my sister." <laughs> and then he sees a really weird segmented picture of his family where they're each in like their own little square, which I I think was actually like a really thoughtful piece of cinematography. They. They display the separation between these people in the family via this photo. Instead of being a group photo where they're all together and happy, they're just completely separated, which indicates, you know, that the uh, that there's a distance between them as characters and they don't really understand each other. The fact that you were able to notice that tells me this quality was too good. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so the kid, like the cuckoo bird comes out. And this is where the kid's cleverness stops. He doesn't realize that he's taller than his sister, who's like four. And he breaks the neck of the cuckoo bird and thinks that his dad's going to think she did it because he's an idiot. And then he goes to sleep and wakes up three days before he did that. And now time is moving backwards. He went through a turnstile. I I knew one of us at least was going to make that joke. (laughs) Christopher Nolan was watching this in the 90s, taking a lot of notes. (laughs) That's right. He went through a turnstile. He has to relive his birthday party. He is unable to stop himself from being tripped by his four-year-old sister and falling and landing with cake on his face, like having a cake fall into his face. He's, for whatever reason, knowing it's going to happen, he's unable to stop it. Which takes us back to that whole what's what's happened has happened thing. <laughs> um, so he's he's just forced to relive events that already happened, presumably by this. Uh, either that or he's not taking it very seriously, and so he doesn't even try. Uh, then he goes to sleep, and he wakes up, and he is, I want to say, six years old. And yeah, he's I like, so. what the fuck? I have the mind of a 12-year-old stuck in the body of a 6-year-old, and uh, I'm going to run away from my birthday party to go to the antique store that ha- unfortunately is closed. But he does see the cuckoo clock. He's in there six years ago. This cuckoo clock had been in this antique store for six years, or it came back. I'm not sure which, 
Rob, maybe you know, maybe you read a book. Well, the, well, there's a line in the episode where the, the father, when he buys the cuckoo clock, he's like, eh. even before he says that there's something wrong with it, he's like, this is a magic clock. And the family's like, how can a clock be magical? And the father's like, the script told me to say that an old man built it a hundred years ago and put a spell on it. So I don't know if the old man just did this and then was like, yeah, fuck it, antique shop. But it seems <laughs> to just be in there for all of existence. So then, uh, you know, the, the kid, his plan gets foiled. He thinks that he needs to unbreak the cuckoo bird's neck. He almost gets molested in that scene as well. Yeah, that was weird. That came out of nowhere and it disappeared real quickly. As some well. yes, some creeper asks a six-year-old kid if he has the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, someone's going to get run train on. Hey, kid, you got the time? <laughs> well, so yeah, that's that's exactly right because like that kid's obviously too young to be able to tell time. Yeah. So when he said, "Do you have the time?" He meant, "Do you have the time for me to run a train on you?" <laughs> 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 or like you, a busy six-year-old, because I don't want to get in the way of whatever you're doing. Um, <laughs> Are you a busy that's weird six-year-old? <laughs> we really need to talk about the fact there's some really weird, just like like. I don't even want to say undertones, but just like that's legit. Someone's about to get raped, and that's like a thing that's about to happen. It's like, oh crap! Like, what's going to happen? Yes, and it's like, oh, oh. yeah, because they they play it off. Because after he um sees the creeper and he's like trying to get into the antique shop, you you see like the hand go to his shoulder, and you're like, oh wow, this is going to take a dark turn. But it's his father. So the episode is clearly setting it up as like a point of scare, like a stranger danger Definitely. element. Yeah, and definitely. it's just so it's just so weird. <laughs> it's the definition of jarring. Yes. And then so you know so he gets his plan gets spoiled. He doesn't get to unbreak the broken antique clock that is broken in the past, despite having only been broken in the future because time travel rules. And uh, and then he wakes up the next day and he's like two or something. He's like a toddler. He's toddling around. Yep. And yep. uh, and his his dad is like, let's go for a walk to this specific <laughs> antique store. And the mom's like, no, let's not go there. Their prices are too high. <laughs> Even though the dad clearly said, let's go window shopping. And, and the dad anything. says, but no, if we go there, there'll be more people you can take their temperature of. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, boy, let me get my thermometer. <laughs> They seem to point out she dips the thermometer in the Vaseline too, which is just there's there's just so much there's so much icky in this episode. Well, she definitely is like, you're not going to like this when I take your temperature, little child. And, <laughs> and he's like, no, not that, which indicates that it's not going in his mouth. We're getting it all the way up there. <laughs> yeah, she actually breaks the thermometer inside him. That's. What he's- <laughs> And the husband's like, damn it, Barbara, that's the third one this week. <laughs> uh, so they, they proceed. Dad how, uh, somehow convinces this controlling wife that they need to go to this particular antique store where this clock happens to still be. And this toddler goes on. And I have to admit, I did not expect there to be any good cinematography in this show. But they do an excellent job with this harrowing desk climb that this toddler goes on. <laughs> 
You mean the part where there's a vase underneath it's like 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 what? A thing of like like rubber balls underneath it? Oh yeah. And we literally get a shot of like an an infant going, Woo, that was a close <laughs> one. <laughs> Absolutely. Like that's it's straight up like a mountain climbing movie, but inside an antique store. And uh and this kid he the the he's like I only got a few minutes left and I for a minute I was like what the fuck's he talking about There's been no time limits. Thank you. And then I, I was like oh that's when the bird comes out. I thought the same thing where the, like the kid in the in the stroller is like I only got one minute left and I was like what I was like where the hell did this come from I'm like oh no the bird's gonna come out okay <laughs> I'm glad yeah, you were with me Ben I got so confused by that for a moment. Oh yeah 100 percent I was confused and then I was like oh it makes sense and so he he gets up there and he and he. He experiences the very thing that I said earlier, which is sister isn't tall enough to break the cuckoo clock. <laughs> she she would have to climb up on some shit that didn't exist in their house, and then uh, and then he he snaps the cuckoo bird's neck back in place, and something falls and damages the clock. Probably before, I told that out of order, uh, time vortex style, and uh, and he wakes up the next day. He's back to being twelve, but his sister doesn't exist, and he's like, "Where's Tara?" And his parents are like. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what's Tara. a Terra? What's what's a Terra? And then he's like, "Oh, eighty-eight's off on the clock." No, I think the dad says it. Oh, I figured out what's broken on the clock. Oh, 88's missing. And he's like, "That's the year my sister would have been born." I guess I should go back and save her, but I'm not doing it today. And then the show ends. That's, I that's I it. definitely was kind of shocked because this this is I I don't mind this episode. I think this episode is goofy in a lot of ways, which is why I like it, which I'm sure we'll get into. But I've always loved the fact that at the end of the episode, he's like, "Hmm, I erased my sister from existence." I guess at the end of the day, it was a winning situation. And I'm like, <laughs> if this got remade today, that would not be the case. But my my first question for you guys is. If since he knocks the 80, 1988 year mark off of the calendar, does that mean that everything that ever happened in nineteen eighty eight does not exist in this universe? Yes. Yeah. Except, don't except, except that everybody thinks that the year happened because his mm. parents clearly aren't like, oh, that's the year that we skipped. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. I was researching. I was like, what else happened in nineteen eighty eight? And just a presidential quick... election presidential election uh the phantom of the opera the longest running broadway play ever opens so we don't get the phantom of the opera because of this kid's insolence um we don't get like a lot of countries wars for independence we we have so much lost in 1988 it seems that i was just kind of like wow this kid's kind of selfish like his sister was a fucking bitch don't get me wrong like sociopath psychopath is the best way to describe her but we lose a lot of other things in the year of 1988. <laughs> so so I, there, there were two things I wanted to mention uh, before I give up the, the mic here. The scaredy cat bitch in this episode is the bully from the Haunted Mask. I'm glad you bring too. that up. Yes, played by the same at John White is his name. Yep. Uh, so I found it surprising that he grew a spine in however long that was. Um, I also find it surprising that he thinks he's going to be too old for Halloween at the age of 14. Um, the first, like, kind of jump scare in this episode, the the daughter, or the, the, the little girl, the sister, has, like, a T-Rex thing on her hand, and she, like, shoots it out at him. Yep. And it's very much the way that a cuckoo bird comes out of a cuckoo clock. Paired with a ketchup squirter. Don't forget that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the ketchup squirter is squirting out what is very clearly not ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
Yeah, if anything, I would like say that was barbecue sauce, sauce with how oh, dark or, it yeah, is. Or barbecue yeah. sauce, sure, sure. Um, and she's just like, I'm squirting him with ketchup, and he's totally going to believe it's blood, but it actually looks like blood because it is blood because I've been collecting his blood while he was asleep. <laughs> De- definitely. <laughs> because she's a psychopath. So, so I like I said, there's a, there's a lot of goofy stuff to this episode. There are some things I want to point out, but um, uh, as we have done in previous years, uh, Zach being the the goosebumps dissenter here, what did you think of this episode? Uh, it felt like a low rent version of word processor of the gods. Mm. Like it, it, it has that same sort of feeling to it, um, especially with the ending. Um, there's again. I probably enjoyed this one the most because the bar was set so low. Okay, as soon as I knew Carly Beth was back with the other one, it's like, okay, like, we're in for a ride. Um, but this, like, between, like, the Vaseline dipped, like, thermometer, the pedophile, like, the ending, I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> it kind of makes me want to see what that first season of Goosebumps was like in its entirety, just see how far off the rails it would go. Um, as a plot, it's fine. Um, I like the fact that the kid has the same kids his birthday party like six years in a row or just six years later yes. er- everybody's wearing pretty much the same clothes just smaller that, i think that's an offensive assumption that you're making <laughs> just because clothes. he's asian doesn't mean he's the same kid <laughs> just because one's a girl one's a fat kid and one's an asian doesn't mean they're the same <laughs> <laughs> but i'm pretty sure a little girl character is like like doing the same thing like just like twirling her hair and her fingers mona yeah, yeah I, mona is mona. her name <laughs> That's but I, I don't. Name. But like, uh, but I'm trying to think though. Is that is it like is it his girlfriend like Ben said, or is it just like someone who has a crush on? Because like she's clearly smitten by him. But he's like, in love with her. yeah, terror. that's what ter- that's what Tara says. But like, she's clearly more enamored with him than he is of her. Yeah, in the in the scene that we get, yeah, she's doing the whole hair twirl thing, and then he gets the, what the CD from her, and he's like, oh wow, I can't wait to listen to this one. And Tara's like as robotic as possible not because she's a bad kid actor but because she's playing a psychopath he does not like that music he threw it away but now he will like it because he wants to run train on you mona and it's <laughs> it's just like it's just like oh my god this is this is like breakneck speed of what the episode's trying to tell us <laughs> awesome uh, thanks mona i don't have this one of course not you said it was lame and he threw it out but now he'll probably like it now that he's in love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that this is a classic situation where he doesn't know that she's as into, that into him because he's oblivious and a child. But you can tell clearly <laughs> by the way her feet are pointed and the way she's playing with her hair. She wants what? him to run a train. <laughs> what? This, this is the, uh, I think Ben is saying this is the inspiration for the Will Smith movie Hitch when he's talking about that's, if she's playing right. with your hair and her feet are pointed towards you <laughs> and she gives you a CD you don't like. <laughs> What is this feet thing? What I, I've heard about what? Uh, what about feet? Where'd this come from? Uh, it, it's uh, I don't even remember where it's from, but there's it might be from Hitch. There's there's a, a thing where they they talk about the you know if she's pointing her feet at you, it's because she's interested in you. But if she's pointing her feet away from you and just looking at you, she's trying to get away. <laughs> Something like that. Is this like real human psychology, or is this like a movie thing? I think it's a movie thing, but it could oh, be. Oh, okay. It's an archaic concept. From the time before Tinder. <laughs> oh, okay. It's before yeah, we were all running train on one another. Okay, that, gotcha. That, now you can tell by which direction they swipe. Oh, okay, good. So this is, okay, so this was like the uh, analog version of that. Yeah, it's it's probably politically incorrect now to think that you can 
determine what somebody's feeling based on their behavior. Um, <laughs> Definitely. I mean, we, we got to go back to Chappelle with the love contract to get anything for real, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Which is why Cinemodities recommends recording all of your sexual encounters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I want to take that back. Record the parts leading up to it. Ask for consent about recording it because I'm not going to get you arrested. That's not my shtick. Uh, I live in a one-party state, so hell yeah! (laughs) (laughs) What has this podcast become, folks? What has it become? What has happened? This is is, is Goosebumps every year. It's just Rob doing bits nonstop. (laughs) This feels more sexual than the previous Goosebumps episode. Well, yeah, now that that Goosebumps has become synonymous with running train, I think it's unavoidable. (laughs) I mean, (sighs) in every episode, give people tips on evading law enforcement. Is that not the way you view it, Rob? Isn't that what this podcast is about? Like thinly veiled law enforcement evasion tactics? Oh, no liability. No liability. No liability. <laughs> True that, son. So uh, speaking of, you know, I think we mentioned it briefly earlier with the time travel and with the, the tenant relation. There is a great line in this where I think when the the kid is six years old. He says to the parents where he's like, no, I'm, I'm like stuck. Time is going backwards for me. And the father goes, oh, boy, like that would make a great science fiction story. Time going backwards. And I'm like, oh, my God, Christopher Nolan was all over this shit. <laughs> Furiously taking notes during this. Yes. Well, at some point during, during that uh, part of the episode, he says he tells his mom he's 12. And she's like, what are you talking about, you crazy person? And his dad's like, it's his birthday, let him be 12. (laughs) (laughs) He can be 12 if he wants. He's six, but he can be 12. (laughs) Yeah, the the book actually fleshes that idea out a little bit more, where the the time reversal events are condensed in the episode. Uh, There's a lot more, like, time points when he jumps back, so there's a lot more opportunity for him to try and get to the antique store. But in the book, they actually do stuff where he – I think he's something like four or five years old, and he ties his shoes. And his parents are like, holy shit, like we never taught him to tie his shoes. How can he do this? And there's moments like that which are really cool. And the episode's just like, fuck it. We got to get through this as fast as possible. I mean, they only have 20 minutes to tell the story, bro. I know, which is, which is uh, my second biggest complaint with, complaint with Goosebumps. The quality's too enough. good, and they're not long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of not long enough, I love at the end we get our moment like in slow motion. It's like he's like like Ben described rock climbing up the pile of just debris, and like the parents and the shop like owners see it and they're like, "No, they're like, don't do it, Joe." And he's like, "I no, don't, and <laughs> no, an IRS agent." I'm like, I'm like, how much long? Like it's so drawn out. I'm like we know he's gonna twist the cuckoo's neck back. It's like knock it off. Just have him do it and have everything snap back. It's like it's so drawn out. I don't know if if are you aware of how I think inspired that reference to Meet Joe Black is with both Meet Joe Black and this episode having implicit pedophilia. <laughs> Remember Jeffrey Tambor? I love the girls. I, I have a secret. I have a secret, Joe. <laughs> oh, good old Marty Breast. We thank him every day. <laughs> I, I want to bring up in this episode the beginning, the sister, which is bigger in the book, but they put it in here because I felt maybe in the second episode of Goosebumps ever that they needed to try and take elements from the book. The sister calls the brother a credge, 
And then she goes on to explain. She's like, you're a credge. You're such a credge. That's jerk spelled backwards. You're a credge. And it never comes up again. What are our thoughts on credge as an insult? <laughs> I'm going to start using it on a daily basis from now on. <laughs> I, I thought she was saying crudge. So I assumed that she didn't know how to spell jerk. Um, <laughs> okay. Also, her giving away what it is makes, makes me curious to what degree she intended for it to be secret. Why are you saying the word backwards if you didn't intend for other people to not understand it? Sure, sure. I mean, maybe, maybe it's only for the adults, but then, but then he can be like, "Think about it. How do you spell credge? It's it's jerk, but it's backwards." And they'll be like, "She's too stupid to think of that because she's four. Like, what what's what's the scenario here for her? That's that that's a good point. I think in the episode, it's something that they should have left out from the book. It is in the book, like I said, but I think th- this was um. Originally, in the original Goosebumps book series, this was number 28. It was nowhere near the beginning, but in terms of all of Goosebumps, it was, you know, one of the original ones. This is me thinking, like, R.L. Stein was like, oh, yeah, I'm clever. This is a show, or this is a story about a kid going back in time. So the insult he's going to get hit with is a word in reverse. And R.L. Stein's like, oh, write me my next fucking paycheck, Scholastic. This is such deep, <laughs> deep literature. And it makes no sense in the episode, but I definitely see it as R.L. Stein being like, oh, yeah, time going backwards, words go backwards. Um, uh, honey, can I get another bump of cocaine real quick? Thanks. I just had the greatest literary idea for a child novel. <laughs> R.L. Stein's not cool enough to do cocaine. We all know that. <laughs> and, and may I make one more Tenet reference? Of course. There needs to be a suit. There needs to be a cut during the uh, car chase and Tenet where they're listening to the thing recorded and Robert and John David Washington's like, I thought you could speak Estonian. I do. I just can't understand this. And it's the recording backwards. <laughs> and someone needs to insert the the audio instead of it being like Kenneth Branagh yelling, it's the little, it's Tara saying cringe. <laughs> Someone needs to do that. Like, like a 30 second, like, like, like edit mashup. So the, pro- the problem with that is the way that the word jerk sounds in reverse is different than cringe. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Christopher <laughs> Nolan ripped this off. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Christopher Nolan goes to the executives at Warner brothers. What if we take, this episode of Goosebumps, but instead of it being a cuckoo clock that makes people go back in time, it's a turnstile. And they're like, how many zeros do you want to check, Mr. Nolan? <laughs> well, do you remember the uh, the thing that came out after Inception where the idea of going into dreams existed in, like, a DuckTales comic strip from the 90s as well? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, Zach, it's been, like, what, 10 years now since we've ever talked yep. about this. But it's like there's, like, a DuckTales comic strip where they have to, like, go into the dreams of... I think one of the Beagle Boys or something to figure out information, and people were like, "Christopher Nolan ripped Inception off from the Ducktales," and now we're saying Christopher Nolan ripped Tenet off from Goosebumps. Christopher Nolan might be the biggest '90s nostalgia kid in existence. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I I came across the entire collection of Ducktales for sale on DVD at Best Buy the other day. Was it in the five dollar bin? <laughs> no, if it was, I would own it. That's <laughs> <clears throat> oh, funny. So I, I, one of the things I did not like about this episode that I have to point out, and I totally get why they did it at the start of Goosebumps, but oh my god, when the, the little kid wakes up and he realizes he's six, he does the Home Alone scream, like he puts his hands oh, yeah. to his, ah, and I'm like, fuck you, Goosebumps. Like, I love you, but no, please no. <laughs> 
At this point, Goose, uh, what, Home Alone was like six years old? Wasn't that like 1990? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So they had it, they had it. Crazy. I do also have to say that there's a a line from the little kid where he's like, I'm telling you, I'm caught in a time warp, and just Rocky Horror Picture Show flooded back into my memory, and I'm like, do the time warp. (laughs) I can hear Magenta and Riff Raff right now. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Oh, God, oh, God. But I mean, overall, I think Ben, this was a uh, a good pick. It would be very interesting to see if you actually think about. You have a whole year now, Ben. <laughs> you can think about the goosebump. We've only done nine episodes total now. <laughs> I'm just a little disappointed if Ben just picked the first thing on the list that it wasn't the haunted mask again. I would have been on board for that. Thankfully, was... I gave Ben the list with uh, the, the the episodes and where they have been used. So that one had the 2019 oh, next to it. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Zach's like, I would rather have just done a revisit of the haunted. Mask. I would have been, I would have been <laughs> happy. I, I'm gonna go back and watch that episode now because, you know, if if it's a masterpiece coming from Zach, be prepared for so much. 100 percent more Carly Beth. There's a lot of Carly Beth, but it is still one of my least favorite Goosebumps episodes. Blasphemy. The, the amount of Carly Beth in this episode definitely caught me off guard i was not it ready gets to worse it gets it gets it, imagine if this caught you off guard imagine 100 percent worse or better <laughs> it's worse <laughs> depends on how you feel about your carly beth then <laughs> i like it so in, uh, in large quantities then well we've got an episode for and you unconscious um <laughs> nice <laughs> what's the third episode of goosebumps rob um i think it's the girl who cried monster Oh, is that a good I, episode? Because I, I have a feeling Ben might choose that next year. That is one of the ones <laughs> I've I've sent you um, before when you were oh, talking yeah. about the um, yeah, it's the girl who cried monster. And when you were looking for episodes similar to Attack of the Jack O' Lanterns, I was like, this one maybe. And so I sent that to you. Um, so uh, I don't like it, but I think Ben's choice for next year is locked in. <laughs> Has have we? That's the unofficial tradition of the Goosebumps episode. On top of the fact that it's like the soft intro into Monstover, sure. in that I reluctantly do this every year, it's also that at the end of every episode, I always ask Rob, what episodes do you recommend? He gives me a handful, and I never watch them. <laughs> so I look forward to doing it again this year. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> oh, man. I, I think um, the, the last bit I want to mention about uh, the Cuckoo Clock of Doom is... The in the book, the uh, one of the differences from the book to the the show is that the cake, him falling face first into a cake, uh, does not occur in the book. The prank that the sister plays on him, the prank, I guess in air quotes, is that like Michael's mother calls him into the other room, and when he comes back, the sister has opened all of his presents. Oh God! Which is way more psychopathic than tripping, I think. <laughs> I mean, as a 12-year-old, you're pretty likely to survive a trip, so I have to agree with you. <laughs> Could you imagine, though? It's like, I would be so, maybe not at 6 or 12, but just the idea of, like, I would leave a room and I'd come back and be like, my younger sister opened all my presents. My first thought would be, 
holy shit, are the people I actually invited to my party my friends? Because apparently they just laughed and watched this happen. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> It's almost a, it's almost as good of a prank as in letting a squirrel into the girls' locker room. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Uh, I, I think other I think other than that, the the thing I, one of the minor details I wanted to point out. This is the only episode in all of Goosebumps TV show history where the opening text is white instead of green. The title of the episode, I mean. So, okay. hell yeah, everybody! Why is that, Rob? I don't know. Somebody, somebody forgot the color palette in the second production. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love love you some goosebumps. This one, this one was the best quality out of all of them. I have to say, in terms of objectively having the worst quality, this was the best quality as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it was pretty low. Oh quality. my god! So, any any final thoughts on uh, the Cuckoo Clock of Doom from either of you? The name was not creative. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> it should have been called the Cuckoo Clock of Inversion. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it certainly wasn't Doom. Like, it's not like it was turning all of time backwards just for that one kid. <laughs> okay. I, I also don't know if either of you watched, um, in the version that I sent you, because they're great TV rips, over the end credits, there's an advertisement for Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego and the Tick. Did either of you guys hear that? No. Don't forget, Gumshoes, join in the search for Where on Earth is Carmen San Diego? Saturday morning on Fox Kids. And don't forget to join me, The Tick, for True Blue Adventures, Saturday morning on Fox Kids. No, I, okay. I end up watching mine off Daily Motion. Yeah, yeah, Zach, I know you don't agree with me on the quality. You got two years on that where you're like, Rob, don't even send these to me. I'm just going to find them on my own. Um, and Ben was just like, as soon as this episode ends, like as soon as I hear the music, I'm stopping it. But yeah, there's an advertisement on like Fox Kids for Carmen Sandiego and The Tick over the end credits. And I was just like, what a simpler time it was. <laughs> the other thing is like nothing's changed. We still have The Tick and Carmen Sandiego. It's like... <laughs> The tick but they're canceled, both racist now. Who's racist? Everything. <laughs> yes. Short answer, yes. The, the, the Amazon tick is over, though, right? I think that's the last I heard about yeah, it. Yeah, but is it really? Goose, they made two Goosebumps movies, and those technically canceled, too, so who, who knows? There'll be another tick at some point. Fuck you, blank check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stupid God. Griffin. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, you, you've depressed me, Zach, immensely. I don't like this. Right. We're talking about scarecrows now. Go we're back in the turnstile. Yes, yes. Are we, we are... talking about how scarecrows want to run train on the couple of grandparents <laughs> and their grandkids? And the <laughs> I mean, the slow guy? <laughs> so, yes, this is our final episode of today. We are discussing the scarecrow walks at midnight. And this is the one that I mentioned earlier. This one was actually recommended to us by our lawyer slash time vortex insurer, Maximo. And I figured with how much, you know, we've talked about Maximo on this podcast, I figured I would throw him uh, one of what he recommended. He also pitched Monster Blood, which we will do. That's one of my favorite Goosebumps stories. Uh, We just haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, How I Got My Shrunken Head, which I think will be fruitful for discussion because I think that's the Goosebumps episode with the highest budget behind it. But the last one he talked about was Scarecrow Walks at Midnight, and I was like, I think that's a good one because we mentioned it last year, and I think that uh, 
this is something that the three of us could talk about. So before we get into it, because, of course, Zach and Ben have already done their plot summaries, I'll do the plot summary for this one. But before we get into it, I wanted to read the quote from Maximo about why he wanted us to discuss this. And he starts by saying, This is by far my favorite Goosebumps book. I think that's because that was the first one I read. I can still remember sitting in the classroom in third grade, not paying attention to the teacher, and being amazed by this book, which is what got me into the Goosebumps bandwagon. I had lunchboxes, toys, t-shirts, and sorts, all sorts of merchandise. And in grand Maximo fashion, every time he sends things to us, he does not use punctuation, which is why I read it the way I did. <laughs> It's all one big sentence. Forget about a run-on sentence, more like a run-on paragraph. Exactly. So, Maximo, we hope you like this discussion. I do have to say, though, I've, I remember reading The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight, the book. This was one of my favorite Goosebumps books as well. I think the book is actually very, very complete in terms of a story. And complete is the f- last adjective I would ever use to describe this episode. This episode is a fucking mess as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. And this is my plot summary, I guess. What other way to kick it off than my plot summary? And this is not going to be as detailed as what Zach and Ben gave because I actually, like, watched this episode twice and really tried to do a a shtick for it. But here we go. A brother and sister arrive at their grandparents' farm to spend the summer, even though they are city kids. The girl is having fun in the role, while the boy seems to have his lines read to him by his parents before each scene starts. They immediately get butthurt over not being able to catch frogs and not getting chocolate chip pancakes as soon as they wake up. After making fun of the farmhand for being slow when he tells the pair that he can make scarecrows come to life, the episode heavily implies that there is an elderly abuse situation occurring in the home. Oh yeah, there's another kid called Sticks. He's the exposition machine. Scarecrows attack everyone, and they somehow have force behind their limbs, which are made of hay. The boy turns a thresher on, and it cuts up all of the scarecrows as they converge on the group while they are hiding in a barn. The episode ends right where Maximum Overdrive starts, and R.L. Stein says, Honey, Stephen King called me an asshole. <laughs> I thought That's about that too, the fact that it's, ma- that it's Maximum Overdrive all over again. Oh my god. So, I-, I guess I want to throw it over to you guys. This episode is a mess. This episode is so focused on what it shouldn't be focused on that like out of nowhere like i said the kid named sticks he's called sticks he's just like oh yeah my slow father found a magic spell book and that's the point of this but we wasted 20 minutes on chocolate chip pancakes i what did you guys think of this episode it's gonna be a no for me dog (laughs) ben was this your favorite ever No, I did appreciate the uh, the immediate like as soon as they arrived, they had this situation where this guy's like, "You're you're city kids, go the fuck away from us. We hate p- things that are different." And so I thought that was pretty great. Like that was like true to form. Uh, and then, the, like really, the only other thought I had about this is like, why the fuck did the grandparents let these kids come out here when they know that their scarecrows are haunted? Like. Why would you bring children into this situation? <laughs> like, was this like a mandatory thing where like the parents are like, we can't fucking handle these kids anymore. They were away at boarding school all year, and now they've been home for two weeks, and we're about to go fucking crazy. Like, you have to take them, or we're gonna murder them. And then the grandparents were like, well, it's haunted out here, but that's probably better than parent murder. So, 
you know, I, I that that was the, the 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 thoughts I had on that. Obviously, like as you said, it's heavily implied that there's an elderly abuse situation going oh, on. Yeah, 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 definitely. I picked up on vibes of that very early. That this special farmhand was somehow abusing the grandparents, and they were very afraid of him. And they were also afraid of the scarecrows being walking around. And the grandpa, for whatever reason, still believed that they were just off their post because of the wind. <laughs> I have to say, I love the line from Styx, where I'm pretty sure it's... I'll put the clip in, of course, but in his exposition machine scene, he goes, My dad is slow. I don't want him fooling with magic no more. If you put them all back to sleep, how come they're still walking around? As I can figure on it now, all of them went back to sleep. And I didn't tell Dad, though. He's scared of them. Besides, I don't want him fooling with magic no more. And I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> This is the last four minutes of the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty solid. Like, it, it seems like it's it's some kind of discrimination against the, the mentally challenged that you wouldn't let them interact with magic, but it also just seems like the right thing to do. <laughs> fair. Fair. I think you should need a license to use a magic spell book. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That might... That's... That's weirdly probably the most offensive and the most appropriate thing we've seen on the podcast tonight so far. <laughs> it's like, I, you know what? I feel horrible even laughing at it, though, but he's not wrong. Fair. Play on. So so I do want to bring up, uh, before we, we make fun of this episode even more, and I think uh, this is perfect. It was recommended to us by Maximo. We're disenfranchising his favorite Goosebumps book. Perfect. I do have to mention, though, for Ben – because um, it's been said on this podcast before in our history with watching movies together, the actor who plays Styx is actually someone named Chris Lemchi. Ten years after this episode is released, he goes on to play Ian McKinley in Final Destination 3. So if Ben remembers, so I don't know if Zach is aware of this, Ben and I, when we live near each other, we watch all of the Final Destination movies together, and... Final Destination 3 is the one with the roller coaster, and uh, Chris Lemchi playing Ian McKinley, he's the one whose girlfriend dies, and he blames Mary Elizabeth Winstead for it, and, like, confronts her at the at the carnival at the end, or the fair, and is like, if we kill you because you're the last person on the roller coaster, it's death is going to skip me type of thing. And he ends up getting crushed by a cherry picker. <laughs> that, oh, okay. That's the one with the the camera where, like, the pictures indicate how they die. Is that right? Yes, yeah, because it's like when they got onto the roller coaster, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead takes all the pictures, and they they use the photos to figure out what the order of death is and that type of thing. That's the one where the... um, the workout machine crushes the dude's head when the oh, weights yeah. fall. And oh, is that where he's like, fuck death, and it just... Fuck death, yeah! They're working out, and the whole football team is like, fuck death, fuck death, and then it just dies. <laughs> Who's ain't afraid of death? Fuck death! Death is a fucking different fan. Death were a blue on edge. Ruben! We're back. Who's afraid of death? Death's afraid of me! Death fears me! Because maybe I just win. I just win, Kevin. That's all I know how to do. I just win. Fuck yeah! Fuck the room! What I tell you, Kevin, huh? Fuck that! I just win. That's all I know how to do, Kevin. Baby, I just win! <laughs> 
Dude, I don't know. I think, Zach, this is something we haven't talked about a lot, but Ben and I have a, a strange affinity for the Final Destination movies. <laughs> I remember we saw, what, the fifth one in, like, 3D one yeah, summer? Yeah, yeah, Is that the one that is revealed to be a prequel at the end? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think Zach and I saw that one in theaters, absolutely. That and, one's actually um, really... Like, that one's maybe the best one in the, in the whole series, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I, I just love the fact that I always have to bring it up, Ben, whenever you and I discuss Final Destination, when we were in our, like, phase of watching Final Destination movies, remember we started to make up the gimmick of, like, Final Destination, but for mundane things? Like, we yes. would have a vision that we would open a closet door and a broom would fall out. Like, no one would <laughs> die, but it would just be a broom falling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, I think we had some that were, like, centered around being in, in the classroom, like, seeing students sneeze or something. Like... <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like what if what if the mundanity of life was chasing us and not death? <laughs> that would be scarier. But, but so so yeah, I was actually kind of shocked to see that um uh, one of the characters in Goosebumps went on to Final Destination, and uh, I'm still waiting for that next Final Destination movie. We got We would talk about it if it came out, Ben. <laughs> that, it can't be a reboot. Oh God! Can we well, talk I, about the first five? I think the I think that there was um a point. I think Ben and I, we were looking into, are they going to make another Final Destination movie? And we were reading some, like, somebody in some studio had pitched the idea that it should be the concept of Final Destination, but in in the past. Like, it would be, like, sailors on a boat, like, without electricity or anything. And we were like, that's kind of interesting, but it never came to fruition. I think Tremors did something like that, where they, like, they had an episode in the, or not an episode, but a movie... It's like far in the past oh, where people okay. are dealing with tremors in like the medieval times or some shit. I've only seen the first Tremors and that's all I need to see. I love that movie. <laughs> I I think it's like Tremors Tremors 5 I think is like far in the past. There's okay. a fifth Tremors? I think oh, there's yeah. six, Zach, total. Yeah, there are. Oh there's there's a Tremors 3? <laughs> I think I think Tremors 6 is in some like ice landscape. All right, you can knock it off now. No more Tremors movies. You had your fun. Go home. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So, yeah, I had to point that out uh, for sure. Um, this episode is a mess. There, This is one of the examples of Goosebumps that I, I think that is where they really didn't – I'm, I'm tempted to – I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I don't really want to say they didn't care about the book. It's just that there is so much removed from the book for this episode and not replaced with anything else. Like, in this year and the previous two years of Goosebumps discussions, I've always talked about the differences between the episodes and the books. But at least when the episodes deviate from the original stories, they replace it with something. This episode is just vacuous. It's like the scenes take so long. Like, when the the kids first run out or ride off with their bikes into the cornfield, and for some reason this this grandparents' farm, there's a corn maze built into the cornfield. Like, it's not just solid corn. And it's just like they talk about nothing for five minutes, and it's so weird. And uh, it's like after the scarecrow is, like, thrown at them or whatever, the dad – or Stan, I'm sorry, not the dad. The, the slow man tells them to leave their bikes in the cornfield. We'll <laughs> we can get, get them, them later. later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Why? Like, in what world does that make sense to even a small child? Exactly, exactly. And I think they, they even reduce some things. Like, the, the, the whole point of the book is that the, the farmhand, he's still slow. I think he's portrayed as slow in both the book and the, and the episode. But he is using the magic spells in the book out of anger. 
because he's been mistreated. And then the episode, we have Exposition Machine Man, who just goes, yeah, my dad found a spell book, and he used it to learn how to read, and it made bad magic happen. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this isn't an accident. That takes out so much tension of this story. Yeah, uh, but they still had the grandparents act as if there was the tension. Yeah, it didn't match up because yeah, like we said that the elderly abuse scene where the kids are like, "Oh, grandma, you stupid bitch! Why'd you make us cherry pie? We want your famous apple pie." And the slow guys like, "I love I like cherry. cherry pie." Everyone, help yourselves. Cherry, I don't get it. We always have apple. Yeah, it's Grandpa Kurt's favorite. Cherry's my favorite. Cherry is a... It's a nice change. (laughs) I laughed at that. I I love the fact that we actually hear the line, I like cherry pie. I was just... uh, uh, the double entendre part of my brain was just tickled by that. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, gonna run a train on that cherry pie. <laughs> Bro, can we please insert the warrant song, or at least a, a small clip of it, right here? Like, She's can we have my can, cherry pie? Can we, can we have the guy say, "I like cherry pie," and insert part of the warrant song? Can we Perfect. do that, please? Can I make a request. Everyone, help yourselves. Cherry, I don't get it. We always have apple. Yeah, it's Grandpa Kurt's favorite. Cherry's my favorite. Perfect. Uh, the audience will learn if I do that or just put another Carly Beth clip in. <laughs> okay, maybe both. Maybe we do both just for giggles. Carly Beth. Carly Beth. Carly Beth. Carly Beth. Just Carly Beth. Carly Beth. No. Carly Beth. 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 What is it? She's my cherry pie. Take a sip of water with a sweet surprise or something like that? It doesn't matter. God, that was Guitar Hero too. Was, was, was Warrant a one-hit wonder band? Uh, yeah, most likely. Because I, I still, to this day, confuse Warrant with Rat, R-A-T-T. Mm. And so, so yeah, I'd go there. I mean, they're all, they're all paling in comparison to Def Leppard, so. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, I got don't everybody I... chime in at once. <laughs> All right, who, who's got opinions on that other than Rob? Comment down oh. below. Spend $10 a month to find out if you think uh, Warrant was a one-hit wonder band. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So so I, I didn't have a lot uh, to talk about. I think the, the differences between the book and the episode, like I said, there's a lot of stuff taken out. The, the tractor coming to life at the end is not in the book. Uh, Stanley actually brings a stuffed bear to life, not a whole tractor that can demolish a house. Very different in the episode. And it was just, I don't know, it was kind of strange, like, seeing how vacuous this episode is compared to the book, which has a lot going for it. And this was season two of Goosebumps. I don't think that they were, like, running out of anything. I think there's other episodes in season two that are fully fleshed out. And this just seems to be an anomaly to me. 
I was under the assumption that one of the scarecrows survived and it was driving the tractor. Was that not the no, case? No, because Stanley oh. finds like a, a page of the magic book at the end and he, and he reads off of it once again because he's an idiot. And yeah. it brings the tractor to life. <laughs> I, do you, so do you think that there's a chance that his kid just was under the naive impression that his dad wasn't evil? Because... <laughs> Like he obviously like they were the grandparents were afraid of him and he knew that. That's a, that's a good idea. That's but I don't know the 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 exposition of this episode is given so matter of factly and for a kids show I don't know if we have like the false narrative idea. Well, I mean I, that's what I'm saying with Carly Beth and the three times thing. Like she was like it's if you put the mask on three times, it's like it, it doesn't matter what clothes you're wearing or if you're wearing the right shoes or not. Like it doesn't care. It, she just knows this. Maybe maybe that was this kid being like, I know a thing that I actually don't know. Okay, okay. Yeah, because that I, happens on television all the time. Yeah, no, that that's a good point. I, I'm not sure, you know. It's just, I, I guess I was so lost in this, the context of this episode that, you know, like I said, he goes, my dad don't know shapes too well. I don't want him fooling with magic. And it's just like, okay, I guess that's what we have to go off of. Don't they say where, because I think the Stanley says, Something like, I can make the Scarecrows walk, and then the, the brother and sister are talking about it, and they're like, no, that's just Stanley being an idiot. Remember when he told us pigeons like their toenails polished? And I'm like, I'm like how much are they degrading this person? <laughs> uh, yeah, he said the Scarecrows walk at midnight, actually. He, he yeah. said the name of the episode. Um, <laughs> I think that it's definitely clear in the episode that he's malicious, based on his behavior. If you, if you take out the exposition... Sure. If he didn't have the exposition at all, and you just saw him like everything's calm now. The the youngest child got to drive a thrasher, and he destroyed destroyed some things. Everything's chill now, and then he's just like. destroy us, Famlicus. You know, for for the cinema audience who are just listening, that was me pretending to be somebody looking at a page and not knowing that I had accidentally read it out loud. <laughs> it didn't happen. Like I think that he was malicious, okay, and he okay. was just using the fact that he was slow to trick his son because he wasn't that slow to realize that lying is a possibility. Okay, okay, I, I can get behind that. Something else I wanted to talk about with this episode it's a it's a double edged sword for me. Um, because one, I wanted to say and get your guys' thoughts on, I thought these scarecrows in this episode were really cool looking. I agree. But once again, the fact that I could see them means this episode was too high quality. That's the double-edged sword I was talking oh, about. Oh, God. But, but I did want to get your guys' thoughts. Zach, especially, did you, because I know, remember, when we talked about Attack of the Jack-O-Lanterns, you really liked some of those costumes and stuff, or effects with the Jack-O-Lanterns talking. What do you think about the scarecrows in this episode? Uh, the one, like, during the rainstorm, like, banging on the windows is neat. Um, I could barely see what was going on that moment because of how bad the quality was, but I like that. <laughs> the ones that you see in the daytime are like, eh, they're like, they're fine. Um, part of the reason why I like Jack Lanterns and the OG Carly Beth is that, like, it has that Halloween setting. Sure. The fact is it's just, like, kind of, like, run-of-the-mill, just like, oh, like, we're in the backwoods. Yeah. It, it doesn't have that ambiance to it, okay. so like I'm like it's fine. Um, they're they're neat looking. They're not bad, um, but yeah, they're kind of dumb villains in the sense that like at one point I'm like they're made of hay, <laughs> just like push them over, like just blow on them. So, so then, I, the fact that you bring that up, Zach, I have to interject and say there's a point where Sticks throws rocks at one of them. 
Yeah. yeah. And and it, it turns around and walks away. Like, he doesn't die or, <laughs> or become, like, you know, unable to attack him. It just decides to stop trying because <laughs> they threw rocks at it. So you're telling me their weakness isn't it that they're uh, they're what they're very light and not dense, but their lack of resolve is their true inherent weakness. <laughs> yeah, they they're have... unmotivated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's. I mean, it took a magic spell to get them up off their lazy asses. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like they they want to sit back down. Is what I'm trying to tell you. Mm. be strung back up i guess mm. yeah i did not okay. like like in my summary i was definitely thinking a little bit about like they're made of hay how do they have any force behind them how can they grab people um right. for anybody that gets this because i know ben and zach won't these scarecrows ain't got shit on the scarecrow from Howl's moving castle which oh, i watched God. last night which is why i'm remembering it <laughs> it's kind of like also i was saying i watched an episode from creep show where there was a scarecrow that comes to life oh yeah that's right that's right Except at the end, the uh, the guy who made like come to life blew his brains out with a shotgun. We could only hold that was the ending to this. My dad is slow. I don't want him messing around with shotguns anymore. <laughs> <laughs> if only. What kind of discrimination is that? You're not going to let slow people have guns. This is America. <laughs> Everybody can have guns. Everybody's Damn issued straight. gun, and all white people are issued podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, white people with facial hair. <laughs> That's right. And glasses? And glasses. Yes, yes. Uh, so any any last thoughts from either of you on Scarecrow Walks at Midnight? Anything you wanted to point out? Um, I'm sorry, Maximo, that uh, we, we you probably would have liked us to do a book review more than the episode review, but that's not what we do over here. So, But yeah, you guys, anything, anything am, left? Am, am I the only person that thinks chocolate chip pancakes are garbage? No, well, I wholeheartedly agree. I don't. I don't eat pancakes or waffles ever. I really dislike both of those foods. So I'm with you. I think we're all in agreement. <laughs> Rob's allergic right to pancakes and waffles. Oh God, <laughs> Zach thinks I'm allergic to everything. <laughs> he is. Rob's allergic to everything. Apparently, he's allergic to water at one point. <laughs> oh, wow. well, my... Rob's can eat the things that are on the Cinemati's menu. My my thing with pancakes and and waffles is like you're just eating flour. It's cooked flour. <laughs> But then every time I talk to someone who says they really like pancakes or waffles, I'm like, you don't like that. You like syrup and butter. Uh, I have to. I have to. It's like people who say they like salad. It's like, no, you like dressing. (laughs) Okay, I have a number of Ben's like, you've blown this whole thing wide open. (laughs) Pancakes are not just flour. Sometimes there's oil and egg, and there's probably also lots of sugar. Yeah, exactly. So I know some people that only eat pancakes with butter. They don't like the syrup because it's messy and they don't like to make a mess. Um, but the pancakes are still sweet enough. Sweet potato pancakes, on the other hand, are fucking delicious. They're God's gift to humanity. <laughs> and salad, uh, you're right about that. I, I mean, uh, cheese, croutons, bacon, ranch dressing. Pebbles. That's some good shit. <laughs> Pebbles. Pebbles. Yes, Pebbles. That was from last week, Zach. I added the rock salad. Which is a salad with pebbles in it to the menu. <laughs> That's brilliant. If somebody ever asked you what, like, what like, toppings you like on your salad, you say pebbles. That's great. <laughs> I got to remember so- that. All right. Uh, my final thoughts on the Scarecrow thing is uh, Maximo, everyone gets one. Exactly. And what? <laughs> Ben's mumbling at you, Zach. You got to deal I'm with that uh, now. <laughs> yeah. Everybody gets one. That's a- Did Maximo get into fans, Bember, last year? I forget. Nope. Nope. Um, he um he has recommendations for this fan member. Remember Zach, oh, 
the movie we all want to talk about, The Room and Shaun of the Dead. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. Like, could he have picked two worse things to discuss? The Room? Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, Tom, the, what's considered the best worst movie ever made, and everybody I'm loves familiar. it, but it is I'm familiar with the room. boring as I've shit. S- I've seen it. It's terrible. <laughs> it is horrendous. Oh, hi, Mark. It was- Oh, hi, Mark. No, it it's was so... funny until it became ruined. Or the internet ruined it. It was you're never my, funny. You're my favorite customer. <laughs> no, it was, it was good I'm, when it was I'm Enigma. Gonna, I'm going to pull a Justin on this if we do that episode. Gonna... <laughs> no, I don't think you need not to pull a Justin. We're funny. all in agreement. We do not want to talk about left. the room. <laughs> well, Maximo, you don't have to worry about any of this because everybody <laughs> gets one and you blew it on the Scarecrow. Good guy. <laughs> I, I hope you're happy. The only person who wants to discuss Shaun of the Dead isn't even a main member of the podcast. It's Zenger. <laughs> oh, God. Because Maximo posted that in the Knights of Vader Facebook group. He was like, hey, like, fan member, I want to put forward Shaun of the Dead. And, like, two seconds later, Zenger was like, I would love to be involved in this episode. And he'd be like, it's only going to be you, Zenger. I don't want to talk about Edgar Wright more than I have to. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. That's never. That's not going to happen as long as I have anything to say about it. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't think you do anymore. I don't know. So, no, I can't. You know, Rob knows because at one point Rob's like, Zach, I can't keep picking movies for people to watch. I need someone to throw some new stuff at me. And I'm like, good thing, Rob, because I am not taking anybody else's unsolicited movie advice. So here we go. <laughs> Buckle in. Yeah, that was uh, – yeah, to relate to you, Ben, that was a great conversation Zach and I had where I was like – I was really happy to have Ben on and him pick like Walking Tall in the Rundown because I was getting like – tired with me picking things and zach's like oh oh sweet child i would never give up those reins <laughs> if i had them <laughs> i am a benevolent dictator but a dictator oh, nonetheless yes, yes. yeah <laughs> that's good that's yes yeah, so, so unless i fall into another emotional rut but given the way things are going this year that's 100 percent possible um no hey, there's there's t- there's a uh, three and a half months left everything could go wrong for all of us <laughs> well we recorded already half of october true so true. Um, <laughs> so it's so anything's possible but yes no that's uh, Shaun of the dead in the room are not happening at least in the foreseeable future <laughs> fans that remember actually... next year's gonna be 2001 summer blockbusters that i didn't get to that's what fans it's gonna basically tell you we have to pick what movie off a list that i didn't get to during the year yeah i think uh, i think that's something ben and i were discussing that this might be like the last fan member and we're gonna make people pay for fan requests from here that's on right out. yeah what was, what was the first fan no the first year for november wasn't fans member it was what Ooh, it had a, a name. It had a name, but it wasn't fan related. Good, qu- yeah, it wasn't fan related. I mean, the I, the first thing we ever did fan related was the Aristocats from Emily, <sighs> which is an amazing episode. <laughs> it started the trend of, of something of a fan suggestion so horrible. I have to break out a, a version of Death Wish, and I'm like, no, Zach, I love the Aristocats. Oh, it was the movies that never were, Zach. Oh yeah, November. Yep, November. Yep. So we did uh the lost lost soul, the doom journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Doctor Moreau, the yeah, longest title Ra- we've ever discussed. Jodorowsky's <laughs> Dune, the Fantastic Four movie, and there's what the the Superman movie. Yes, Kevin Smith talking about his Superman script. Yep. Yep. Ben, you're getting all this history. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a debriefing so in cinemodities. So <laughs> much because I know you're not going to listen to two years episodes worth. <laughs> I'm definitely not. I haven't even listened to any of the episodes I'm in. Good. Um, that's the way it should be. <laughs> be the Johnny Depp of podcasters. Do never never listen to what you record afterwards. That's right. That's, that's right. Well, you know, if it weren't for, for Rob doing the editing, I would never even be in a podcast. How, <laughs> how am I going to edit something I've never listened to? You can do what most of the podcasts do. I just push it out into the world completely unedited. Well, 
You know, I'm trying to make money on this. <laughs> Head over to Patreon. Yes. <laughs> another Patreon plug. So support us. We have money. No, we don't. We need yours. That's it. So uh, I think with all that out of the way, are we ready to get to our questions? Damn straight. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I think I'll start because I know maybe Zach, we, we do have a discussion last year's episode about the whole concept of, well, are we doing this based on Goosebumps or just the episodes we watched? There's some retroactive correction I think we should have done but didn't, that type of stuff. Regardless, my answer is the same for every single year we do Goosebumps. It's not a cinemodity. It's goofy kids shows from the 90s that I absolutely love. I have so much nostalgia for. It needs to be in terrible quality. But it's not a cinemodity. But for late night, absolutely. Yes, in the month of October, as I think our audience and both of the other hosts know, I only like to watch my Goosebumps in October, with the exception of what we record for this soft opening of Monstober. So I'm going no to cinemodities and late night, yes, in October. What about you, Zach? I want to throw it over to you next, because like I said at the start of this discussion, I think this is a not only a tradition, but we are breaking tradition in the sense that this is the first Goosebumps episode that we didn't find one you enjoyed. Is that fair to say? That is true, Rob, except for Carly Beth. Well, I, of I, course. I, that's more connected to last year's gem than it is its own like freestanding thing. Okay, okay, understandable. But what did you think about, uh, I guess, for these episodes, your Cinemodities and Late Night? Uh, I'm going to say no to Cinemodity and Late Night Movie. There was really nothing bizarre about any of these. Well, maybe a little bizarre elements in the Cuckoo Clock because that like, pedophilia thing is just really out of nowhere. Um, that's really odd. Um, but one like brief moment does not make an entire Cinemodity. Yeah. And uh, no late night movie because these are to me these are dull. Like uh, again, Carly Bath maybe combined with the first one would, would kind of sneak in there. Um, but no, Scarecrow really is just a nail in the coffin. It's just uh, it's it's point blank terrible. Tune in next year, folks, when we're gonna do more Goosebumps. It's never stopping. <laughs> there might be some good ones next year. This is other than Carly Beth. This was a letdown, Rob. Well, I think next year uh, we're definitely doing the Girl Who Cried Monster because it's the next on the spreadsheet. That's Ben's choice, and we're doing One Day at Horrorland because that episode is ridiculous and the quality is so bad in the version that I have. <laughs> All right, folks, donate to the Patreon to get Rob uh, a Blu-ray set of Goosebumps. No, I would never watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Too high quality? Too high quality. Like I said, it Rob, how be, did you uh... watch this on Cartoon Network back in the day? Like, did you just, like, sit there, like, what, did you look through, like, a, like, I don't know, some cheesecloth in front of the TV <laughs> or something? I, or... I wore my Halloween 3 season of the witch mask, hoping snakes oh. would come out of my eyes. <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> Remember, folks, back in the day, he watched this, like, in, like, almost HD quality, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, I would watch this. I would watch Goosebumps anytime it was on TV, absolutely. And uh, it's now it just has to be worse quality. It just, it's the, it's the, I'm a purist. Like I said, I'm a Goosebumps purist. It's the only way to exist. If you're seeing detail and color in your Goosebumps episodes, you're doing it wrong. That, that, it, well, next year we should punish Rob for all this, Ben. We should make him watch the Goosebumps, like, movie. Not even the first one. The first one's at least kind of I've seen the first one. I've not seen the second we should, one. The second one doesn't even have Jack Black in it. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Like, we should make him watch the crappy sequel to the crappy movie. I'm down. <laughs> I think he should lose control. I think that's only fair. After three years of doing this, he should be forced to watch something that makes no, him No, this is, this is, uh, I mean, before Zach left, Goosebumps was the only thing I had control over after the sketch comedy fort month. 
Remember, Rob, the fourth week of Monstover is still very much open. I can still get my retribution. We can bookend Monstover this oh, year. Oh God, with an, with another Goosebumps episode? No, no, no. With another rabbit with a rabbits episode? No, no, no. Ernest scared stupid. <laughs> Revolver. Revolver is not a Monstover movie. Don't start with me, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben, Cinemodities and Lay Night for these episodes of Goosebumps. What do you think? <laughs> Ben's like, why I'm... did I agree to this podcast? <laughs> they're 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 odd, uh, but I don't know if they're odd cinematically. So probably a no on Cinemodities, and I mean. This is going to get my special Lord of the Rings uh, late night stamp, which is if you're having trouble sleeping, you can maybe put these on. The cure for insomnia type of thing? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay, okay. I mean, I guess that's... uh, I'm I'm no... uh, Third year running, I'm no stranger to uh, everybody disliking Goosebumps but me. (laughs) So that's fine. Um, I guess with that being said, we can get into our snacks and the restaurant. And I think I want to kick it off with... um, I think one that I mentioned earlier when we talked about the Haunted Mask 2, on our menu, I would love to have an item that is just a title. It has no, you know, sub-description or anything like that. Just called Energy. And it's fun-size Halloween trick-or-treat style candy on, like, a platter. (laughs) There's no, like, razor blades in it or anything? Ooh, that's a good... If there's going to be razor blades in it, they're going to be totally visible. So I'm thinking like like a, a Snickers fun size candy bar with a razor blade sticking out of it that you can see, just so we can when when the customer orders this and bites into it and like cuts their mouth open, we get to say, "It's your fault. It's your fault." <laughs> no liability. Are you, is it going to stick out like a shark fin? Yes, definitely. Do do do. <laughs> like I'm talking, I'm talking like maybe five percent of the razor blade is in the candy; the rest is visible. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like a sailboat. <laughs> sure. So, so that was my first one. I wanted to get that in there because I, like I mentioned at the start uh, of these episodes, I really love that line. I just need energy. Energy is what I need. I just need energy. <laughs> I feel like that indicates that we need power thirst. The uh, I don't know if you're if you guys if the cinema audience is familiar with power thirst. It's like a fake energy drink that, that somebody made commercials for that was like big on YouTube back in the is day. Is that is that the drink from Idiocracy? Uh, no, that's Brondo. 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 It's got what plants crave. Yes, okay. Brondo inspired Power Thirst. Gotcha. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, Power Thirst is made with electricity. Hey, do you want to feel so energetic? Try Power Thirst. Energy drinks for people who need gratuitous amounts of energy. With all new flavors like chocolate, chocolate energy. It's like adding chocolate to an electrical store. Sound the alarm. You're going to be uncomfortably energetic. What's that? You want strawberry? Well, how about rawberry? Made with lightning. Real lightning. Sports. You'll be good at them. It's an energy drink for men. Energy. These aren't your dad's puns. These are energy puns. Turbo puns! Science, energy, science, energy, electrolytes, turbo lights, power lights, more lights than your body has room for! You'll be so fast, Mother Nature will be like, slow down! And you'll be like, fuck you, and kick her in the face with your energy legs! You'll have so much energy, energy! Uh, Just running all all the time! time. Power running, power lifting, power sleeping, power dating, power eating, power laughing, power spawning babies! You'll have so many babies! 400 babies! 
give chocolate to your babies and they'll be good at sports. Make your babies run abnormally fast. They'll run as fast as canyons. People will watch them running and think they're canyons. They'll race as fast as canyons against actual canyons and it'll be a tie and they'll get deported back to Kenya. Hey, go with the sure thing. Don't gamble on your energy. Snake eyes. Try Power Thirst, the energy drink that will make you sport. <laughs> okay. This sounds vaguely familiar. Like, someone told me about it once, but it was someone I had very little respect for, so I didn't look into it. Like, this sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> I mean, this was prime high school content right Okay, here. okay. I didn't, I didn't respect a lot of people in my high school, as Zach knows, so... <laughs> Energy! <clears throat> okay, I was more okay. fascinated by the fact that Ben said cinema audience. Oh, yes, uh, that's true. Zach is not aware of... Uh, we, we, have, we have coined the... Ben has coined the phrase the cinema audience for our listeners. Ooh. A sim audience of one. Hey, Maxi, how does it feel to be in the cinema audience? <laughs> this is gave Maximo a nickname. Oh, okay, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. No, good, good, uh, good catch, Zach. So, I, I'll throw it over you. I have a few more snacks, but I'll throw it over you guys. Um, Zach or Ben? I think Ben usually comes in hard with a with a good one. I don't know what Zach's thinking about for goosebumps, but uh you know, don't don't uh don't all don't all speak over each other right now. <laughs> I don't know. Like there's some low hanging fruit in there with like cornflakes. There's obviously chocolate chip pancakes. There's cherry pie like cherry pie like like um I always find that funny. I, I just like it's one of those things where even in real life you can't order that at a restaurant without giggling. Um <laughs> Um, that I think it should be cherry pie. Just try not laughing while you try ordering it. Would you want to uh, double down and call it like something very sexual? Like, no, I don't think so. I think it's just. Oh, you just want to be cherry. I was about to say, like, do we call it like pop a cherry pie or something like no, that? No, <laughs> it doesn't need that. It's. I think. I think. I think the double entendre at this point is like okay. pretty much baked in. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe like there should be like a, a prize in the cherry pie. It'll be like uh, stick your fingers in the cherry pie or something like that. That might be a little too provocative for the kids at home. Um, I don't know. There's some there's some good ones here. I just don't know. Like obviously the idea of like a thermometer with Vaseline. I fear we can work that somewhere in there. Um, the cake. That's the thing. It's weird though. Like having the idea. I, I don't know. There's some low hanging fruit, but like I don't like going for that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. some sort of obstacle course, like getting to like the cuckoo clock or something for Sin Emonides. Ooh, that's, that's a good, good one. Like the uh, like the mountain climbing thing for sure. And if you not if you break the vase, you have to start over. <laughs> yes. So Zach, the the thing about your low hanging fruit is that you missed you missed one of the most obvious ones, which I'm gonna go for. Okay. Okay. Just two two pieces of low hanging fruit mashed together. It's called chocolate chip pancakes on the menu, but when you order it, you get cornflakes. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That, I I dig that, Ben. Ben, uh, that is that, a fake out. That is right in line with what Cinemati's restaurant is, and I think that trumps my idea. I was tempted to uh, have a dish of chocolate chip pancakes and frog legs because I believe frog mm. legs are mentioned in some episode that we discussed. <laughs> I mean, they talk about catching frogs in this. In, yes, in yeah, that's where it came from. So it would be chocolate chip pancakes and frog legs. Um, but I like the the fake out for sure. I think we should have something with the spell book. The spell book, I feel like, just uh, is is begging Ooh. to be like... W- would that bring our animatronics to life or give them sentience more than they already have? I was about to say, Rob. They are, okay. they are, they are, they are as sentient as we want them to be. 
Maybe the spellbook tones that down a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. I was about to say the spellbook might give the uh, the Harrison Ford walk around character more to do. <laughs> That's what I mean. I think that the if we're gonna have the spellbook in the restaurant, it needs to just be somewhere, and random customers might find it. <laughs> Considering Stanley just that. stumbled upon it, and it should also have some like phonetic stuff at the beginning of it to like help people learn how to read. So it it's nice. it's like a it's. You know, it's kind of that's that's another fake out. This book makes you think it's like a like a workbook, but it's actually a spell book. Okay, okay, I like that. I like that. I uh, I think the last one I had was from uh, the Cuckoo Clock of Doom, adding into what I just mentioned about walk around characters. I say we hire like a little girl to crawl around the restaurant and trip our waitstaff while they're carrying food, so we keep them on their toes. <laughs> especially hot soups yes (laughs) but i mean i'm sure we could find a psychopathic little girl that would want to work at our restaurant one of them they're probably in the restaurant already i could totally imagine a parent going to the cinematis restaurant and saying hey i've heard that people can get lost in this place and we're like yes ma'am but you know it it, it, you have to really you know kind of go out of your way if you just stay to the main attractions you know you're not going to have an issue and she was like how deep can I put my daughter in the restaurant? She seems – she's been exhibiting sociopathy. Can I lose her here? And we're like, no liability. <laughs> I, I think I've pitched something in the past where you're, like, eating some cherries and you get hit with a 4 by 4 or something. Wild what? cherries. Yes, yes. Ben has pitched wild cherries, but it involves – All right, I'm intrigued. Getting hit by a 4 by 4 I think that was Walking Tall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in the in the Walking Tall movie, the Rock goes to a wild cherry casino and breaks things with a with a four by four. Yes. And and so that's that was the pitch: is you order wild cherries, you get a bowl of wild cherries, and while you're eating them, at some point, not you know, at any particular point, that you get hit with a four by four. I think we actually even said that we're going to try to get the Rock to do it, yes. or at least the Rock, the real Rock. Yeah. Yes. If we could get him, I think yeah. And I'm pretty sure we priced the menu item to be whatever cost we had to pay the rock. <laughs> so it would oh, offset yes, itself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I, I think we could do something similar with the birthday cake situation. Mm. Like, but only for birthday parties. Like, you could pay extra to have your kid caked. Oh, okay. I like that because that is the the tame version of the birthday party we already have at the Cinemales restaurant. The kid whose birthday it is has to go sit in a corner and activate a phosphorus grenade on themselves <laughs> yes that is a which birthday. leaves an outline of like it, it's a lot of soot after the phosphorus grenade goes off but it leaves an outline of their body against the wall that's how nice. we commemorate birthdays in the cinematics restaurant i think both of you guys you know go to the spreadsheet like like zach look at everything after thriller in the snacks ben look at everything before thriller. And so it's not a constant so it's not a constant recap every single episode yes there's so many snacks that uh that i have i have welcomed into the restaurant with so many different people that you guys are not aware of um and it's glorious (laughs) so uh any other snacks from either you two i'm fresh out dog I think that's all I have. Okay, um, okay. Is can is Carly Beth a snack? Is that <laughs> well? It depends. Can, Carly can Beth, you looking like a snack? <laughs> can we keep the incest thing going on for this episode and just have Carly Beth on the menu? Maybe Mona oh too. I mean, God. oh, oh, ooh. <laughs> like, we gotta, there, ben. We have to appeal to different 
patrons. Right? Well, I, I guess that raises the question: who's who's the better Goosebumps girl, Carly Beth or Mona? It's it's Carly Beth for me, hands well, down. Well, without a doubt, definitely. Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> Good. Fuck you, Mona. That's a question. <laughs> Mona's like twelve. <laughs> I don't think Carly Beth is that much older. <laughs> no, she's at least fourteen. <laughs> we think that she's at least fourteen. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Oh, Carly Beth, Catherine Long. If you're listening to this, we would love to talk to you just to call Hit you Carly Beth. Hit us up, Carly Beth. You <laughs> have so many questions. So if there is nothing more for our questions, and I think that brings me to the, the last tidbits of this, I think the way I want to start for our audience, Zach, since you, of course, are the keeper of Monstober, and we've already recorded the episode, so it is fixed. You can't go change in next week's episode of Monstober, Zach, as he loves that's to do. What he, that's what he thinks. Oh, God. So like, can that, like put, that in the, put that in with the three other Chappelle Show episodes and Elves. We're doing a different episode. But would you like to give any insight, Zach, on what we're talking about next week on the true kickoff of Monstober? Uh, it is a remake of a famous, famous horror film. That's all okay, I'm going to say. Okay. I would like to add boobies. <laughs> Boobies. So many boobies. Should we say whose boobies they are? Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. Jessica Biel's erect nipples right. for, for two hours. I mean, like, rock hard, folks. And no brassiere. <laughs> they could cut through a window. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. So, with that out of the way, uh, look forward to future Monstober episodes. Uh, I think before I throw it over to our two hosts for closing comments, I will say, once again, definitely check out the show notes. Go to patreon.com slash cinemodities. Check out the bonus content that you can get there uh, and give us your $5. Other than that, you can harass us at cinemodities at gmail.com. I, I guess I will mention to you, Zach, I have been still saying, I think you can tweet at us at cinemodities on Twitter. Oh, that. Oh, you can. I just no one's gonna respond. <laughs> no one's gonna respond. So everybody send memes to Zach. That's great. Uh, definitely check out the Cinemodities subreddit r slash Cinemodities. You can see a lot of cool pictures on there that Maximo has sent us. And I think by the time this ex- uh, episode comes out, you'll be able to read Rob's review of Southland Tales. And I'm pretty sure at the time this episode comes out, there will be six thousand comments on that post from Justin, making sure you know. He does not like that movie. Did you get that? He really wants to make sure you get that. So I'll throw it over to Ben now. Even though you are a mainstay on Cinemodities, uh, I think we're losing you for Monstover, but for the Patreon, uh, where can people find you and send you memes when they are not hearing you discuss Monstover movies? Uh, well, so you can find me at Electrum Comics is a an Instagram that currently has nothing on it because okay, it's I still that way. I, I put that in the show notes for Southland Tales that I, I said keep an eye on this Instagram. Yeah, oh it's yeah, still it's empty? still empty. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's it's empty because I'm I'm in the process of waiting for a refund on on a projector that was broken so I can buy a tablet. Uh, and I'm and once I have that tablet, I'll start making digital art. Oh shit! Was that the projector you got for your birthday was broken? Yes, it was. Oh, the Keystone... that's a bummer. Yeah, the, it, ter- it turned out to be okay because I, I decided that I would rather have a tablet than a projector. So I just, was like, fuck it. I, life gave me a second chance. Switch doors. You know how it is. Sure. I money hauled that shit. <laughs> I take the goat every time, so I don't know what you're talking about, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this back to the sexual stuff? Um, <laughs> it's always back to the sexual stuff. Uh, my Instagram at Ben Q Stanley actually does have some art, some new art going on it pretty regularly. That's all pencil on paper right now, uh, which I'm avoiding on the Electrum Comics. It's going to be a higher quality digital art. Something else to say is, hey, yeah, Monstarber's coming up, but if you want to get an early start, 
you can check out that Patreon content drop in October 1. We have a monstery related movie that you, that you can uh, listen to Rob and I discuss and tear apart and uh, philosophize and, and whatever. Um, check that out. Give us that money. You know you want to. Uh, but no, for real, any, any um, monetary contribution at first is going to go towards paying for the podcast and then going to go towards Justin being destitute and then going to go towards whatever was wrong with me from the other week. You need a lobotomy, and, yes. Oh, I need a lobotomy. Okay. Well, that hasn't happened yet. That hasn't happened yet. Oh, I, oh my bad. Yeah, you, you, you went to the turnstiles once yeah, too many times. We went, in, we, we went in even number of times. Dang it. Um, but yes, it, all of your contributions are, are greatly appreciated. Maximo and uh, anybody else who decides they want to contribute, thank yes. you in advance. And uh, again, like I said, you know, I'm not going to be here for uh, Monstover, but I am in those Patreon episodes. So if you just can't live without me, I'll be surprised. But you can find me there. Right on, right on. Zach, I have to ask you, um, if Justin wants to find you to tell you how much he dislikes Southland Tales, <laughs> are you on the grid anymore? <laughs> Uh, no, not, not, not for the most part, but, uh, if you do want to listen to Justin talk about how much he dislikes Southland Tales, listen to the episode before this one. Yeah, last week, yep. Last week's episode. And the audience is dying to know, Zach, are you coming back? Oh, I, I, like I said, wait, I, there's still a couple months left in 2020. I I keep asking myself, how can my life get any worse? But uh, somehow (laughs) it keeps throwing me for a loop every week. So uh, we'll see how my 2020 goes and just see how uh, worse my uh, 2021 is. So maybe maybe if my heroin addiction cleans up, maybe. Just maybe. Or maybe if he starts using more heroin. (laughs) Yes. How do you solve an addiction by using more of it? Perfect. You know? I think the last thing left is how do we end this episode? And I think in grand tradition, um, we're going to play some Goosebumps theme music in reverse. And I have a very special super cut of last year's and this year's Carly Baths that we can include as well. Wow. It's like a wow. solid minute of Carly Baths. <laughs> wow. Is that, is that just the Carly Baths from the episode? From both of them, yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. Dope. Dope indeed. Beth. Carly 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 Be
Carly Beth. 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 What is Carly Beth? Carly Beth. 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 Carly no, there's a... The, oh, God. Okay. It's a split. It, we, we have to... No. Mm. Yes, but no. <laughs> do, do we have to explain to Ben the like origins of the Cinematis podcast? I think I could, I could summarize it very well. There's a very popular movie review podcast where one of the guys who I absolutely hate but has a very similar personality to my own was the actor <laughs> of Arthur on The Tick. And he is the head of this podcast, and I hate the podcast, but a lot of it of Cinemodities and the Origins were modeled after this podcast. It's a whole turnstile thing going on right here. <laughs> I like the fact that Rob is finally starting to acknowledge the fact that he's the griffin of the podcast. I know, I, I, I know, and I hate it, and every time I listen to their goddamn show, I'm like, oh my god, I'm like... I know I sound stupid, but I can't sound this stupid. <laughs> and Ben and Zach are like, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> so wait, I mean, oh my god. Griffin, but... oh, my, oh my god, Rob. I'm David, you're Griffin, and we have Ben now. Oh my, no, okay, Ben, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Patreon's canceled. We can't, we cannot be this similar. We have like, Ben. Yeah. Oh my we have our god. own Ben. Holy shit, this is, is I didn't the Ben Ducer. The Ben Ducer. Don't Kylo you dare. Ben. Oh my god, Zach. <laughs> How many, how many, oh god, I'm trying to think of all different things, like, um... Ben, oh do god, you what? graduate to different titles over the course of different <laughs> miniseries? Ben, for the audience, if anybody listens to this and play check, Zach and I are reveling in this fact. Ben is like, I've never been more lost talking to two people. <laughs> yeah, oh my I don't god. have any idea what the fuck's going on. I used to know the entire thing that Griffin would say. I had it memorized. The Ben Ducer, oh the Poet Laureate, the Fart Master, the Meat Lover... Oh, um, fart master. <laughs> fart detective, <laughs> Zach. Fart detector. Fart, de- fart detective. Um, graduated. To, oh god, what's? Oh god. Um, graduate to certain titles over the course of different miniseries, like Kylo yes. Ben. Kylo Ben. Say Benny thing. Oh my Perdu- god. Uh, Perduer Bane. Um, say Benny. Say Benny thing. Yes. Everybody, um, stop listening to Blank Check. You can now <laughs> listen to Cinemodities. It has become almost a perfect analog oh, of it after two I, and, I and like a half that. years. I love you know, God, Rob. You know what, Rob? Too, I, I don't think I've said this in the podcast. There's there's three things that might bring me back to Cinemodies. First, Monstober. Twice after hearing the uh, the Justin insertion into the Tenant episode, that almost practically after hearing me. Justin talk, fair. <laughs> and then three, it might be the fact that we have our own Ben now. In every series, we have to give him a nickname. No, we're really good. We're really good. This, pull from this is actually kind of strange. In in high school, I had like ten different nicknames. <laughs> oh my god, you have a bunch more. And but oh, the best part is to retroactively go back to all of our series and think of nicknames for him. So he already has like twenty four plus in the book already. Nice. Where we, I've, where I've spent the last two years trying nicknames. to differentiate our podcast from Blank Check just to come full fucking circle now. <laughs> Jesus. It's great. Next week, we're going to talk about Back to the Future. 
<laughs> yep, we're going to do Robert Zemeckis, and we're going to do George Miller. It's going to be oh fantastic. My God. Oh, my God. And see, technically it is because it started off as a Star Wars podcast that transitioned into the movie. So, Rob, we're right. We are following the blank check model. We this are, is where we I are might right quit Cinemodities. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be Cinemodities with Griffin and David. Oh Rob's God. Griffin, and I'm David. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I kind of, I kind of do love that that uh, that even in Ben saying that that holds in the canon of blank check where Ben is the yeah. one that's lost in most of the discussions. And ben, remember, oh, oh god, god, it's god, great. Oh my god, it's great. Oh my god, ben. it's great. We are we are talking meta podcast narrative right now. And it's, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> There's like three people that are listening to this and they're like, I get it. It makes perfect sense. Everyone else is just like, what? Like Maximo is like, I'm not giving them ten dollars a month for this sort of nonsense. <laughs> That's good because five dollars is the lowest price point. So maybe he'll give us five. Okay, okay. I I, I don't gotta, need your five dollars. I, I don't need your five dollars. I we have to stop talking about this, Zach. This is making me very depressed. This is make I'm I'm, I'm going to be thinking about this as I edit the next few episodes. It's going to make me very unhappy. 